Welcome to a live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Uh, Drew, happy NFL opening weekend. Week one. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, my brother. I'm doing fine. I'm one tired puppy, but I'm doing fine. You you what now? What was that last phrase? You what? One tired puppy. Oh, man. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I worked two football I worked two football games and a volleyball match in the last two days and over the past uh, about 30 hours. Mm. Nice. Oh right. no, no, no. Let me let me back that up. Let me back that up for a couple of hours over the past 32 hours and in a and in a collegiate soccer match. In the la- that's all in the last what uh two days yes. saturday and sunday yes Arr. and now you and now you add a podcast on top of it well hey man you, you you're grinding you're grinding i you know I, I salute your i salute your grind you know at least uh at least at least you were mobile this weekend and and your car was uh was was getting yes. you from a to b so be thankful yes be thankful Yes. Some of yes, us are yes, so yes. I hope you got your, hope you get your situations resolved. <laughs> through through prayer and through prayer, the lottery, savings, one of the one of the three will 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 come through for me. So I, I know it will. I noticed so. you didn't say credit. <laughs> Great point. Great point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That will not be one of them. Well, uh, uh, we've got another HBCU weekend in the book. Two weeks officially, two full weeks, uh, weekends are now in the books. And so we'll go through the weekend of action and always kind of looking ahead to uh, week number three on this show. Coming up at the top of our number two, our coach, uh, Coach Ferrasi Norman, will be joining us. Uh, he had He had eyes on... Uh, he he had eyes in the bluff, Jackson State versus Southern, and so that'll be a fun conversation to talk to him about. Of course, uh, while Drew was 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 traveling in the South, I I headed south to uh, to Tampa and uh, got a chance to to witness what what probably should have been an upset, what could have been an Excuse me, an upset, but 
you know, I, I think, and and we'll talk about this kind of probably with our with our lead our lead recap game. You know, when a when the FCS program Drew is playing an FBS team, and it, it's probably the same when a D two is playing an FBS or a FCS. Excuse me. The FCS. first thing, yeah, FCS. The first thing you got to go to is, can you play a clean game? You know, you you really have to play the cleanest game of the year. Commit no turnovers, and 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 possibly force or create one or two in the right situations. You know, and, and that sort of becomes the equalizer. Very, very few times are you going to be able to sort of overpower your opponent from the next level up. So that's kind of what we had in a couple situations, uh, you know, over the, over the weekend yesterday um, where uh, we had some upsets. Well, we had an upset and a near upset, which should have been an upset. So, I, any any thoughts? And, and you were we were kind of talking about this offline, and you you kind of had a thought about the new changes in the time clock and how that might affect those matchups. Care to care to expound upon that for the people? Well, I've noticed a trend, Brian, in the D two versus FCS games that we've had the upsets in in the four d2 games there is data available on three of those games there is no data available as far as a box score on the central state mississippi valley state game y'all y'all read between those lines based upon that swag press conference on monday on 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 some of those logistics but there's still, no, there's still no box score for that. Is that what you're saying? No. They still haven't produced a box score. No. Wow. And, 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 and was that game even on streamed or on video anywhere? Ooh, uh, don't get me. I'm looking. You you keep talking. I'm looking. Uh, and uh, and the only reason I say that is because if the game was streamed uh, or recorded somewhere, well, you got the coach's uh video, obviously. Well. I say obviously you should have the coach's video. The the stats should could be done by for that that particular game. Because as somebody who's done stats, I've had to do stats based on game footage before. It's not fun, but but you have to do it. But anyway, getting back to my uh my theory, Brian, and I have I was right as far as what I told you. The D2 teams won the time of possession battle in all three contests. Okay. In two of the three contests, the D2 teams won the rushing battle. In the third, but in all three contests, the D2 teams had more attempts rushing. So the correlation that I've been able to pull thus far is rushing attempts equals time of possession. And when you are with a team that is, in theory, the underdog, 
Your job is to shorten the game. Mm -hmm. And by shortening the game, you give yourself an opportunity to steal a victory. And that's what it looks like these teams have done. Now, you talked about a team that should have had it, possibly had an upset. And you were at the game with, with FAMU and USF went at it. If FAMU has the philosophy that they had against a Jackson State and run, run the ball two to one with the almost three to one ratio, maybe FAMU could have pulled off the upset in that game. But the fact that they threw the ball three to one, the data is showing that that is not the way to upset a team from a higher class. And Mary 305, I was at the game that you're talking about. Uh, the Miles upset of Alabama State. I love me some Alabama State. I love me some Miles. You want to start with this game since Mary then uh, brought it up? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I got the I got the summary. I know we were talking. I know we were supposed to start another game, but what? No, no. That was the game I was actually yeah. we were going to start with. I was just going to let you kind of finish your finish your point about the uh, you know the upsets uh, from the and just so everyone's clear, the the four games that you were in particularly talking about: Virginia State beating Norfolk State in Week One. Bowie State beating Delaware State also in week one. Central State over Valley. Now, that game was on HBCU Go. Uh, somebody had posted that it was on the Griot TV. Um, Valley site says it's HBCU Go. So, I don't, I don't same, know. Same thing. Is it the same thing? It's the same thing. Okay. Yes. Um, so, but, HBCU yeah. Go is the app. The Griot is uh, the cable portion of it. Okay. The... I don't know why they haven't put the stats from that game. If it was on TV, the stats, somebody should have been able to put the stats together in the system. But, but anyway, um, and then of course, yeah. miles defeating Alabama state last night, the game you were at. Um, okay. So here, yeah. here's some of the, let me fin Oh, go ahead. Finish your I was, point. I was gonna go, where you're at. I was going to go back just to give you some of that data. Uh, in, in last night's game, Miles, Alabama State. Miles, 50 rushing attempts for 143 yards compared to 22 rushing attempts for Alabama State for 117 yards. Despite the fact that Alabama State rushed for 5.3 compared to Miles is 2.9, which seems to be a non-factor yards, yards per attempt. What is the fact that Miles held the ball 34 minutes and 11 seconds compared to 25 minutes and 42 seconds mm -hmm. in that particular ball game? Let's go back to the Virginia State upset of well, hold on, go Nor back. Norfolk State. You, you okay. mentioned you, you left off one thing in that Miles Alabama State the turnovers. Alabama State throwing three oh. interceptions, committing three turnovers. Uh, Miles with just one interception. Yeah, and just to put this into perspective for those who are scoreboard watching, Alabama State has scored three offensive touchdowns in two weeks. That's the score in this particular game was tw was twenty 
seventeen. Did I have that right? Twenty one uh, seventeen. Yes. Twenty one yes. seventeen. Miles won twenty one to seventeen. Alabama State only had one offensive touchdown. Their uh, their opening touchdown came on a pick six. Yeah, the, the only uh, interception that Miles uh, made. Um, yes. And, you know. So, and, and, and a beautiful uh, run on that. And I'll get into those other two games just for just to throw those numbers out. No, we'll say those numbers uh, when Coach Ferrasi comes on. Yeah, I so. I want to nerd everybody out so early in the show. Just to talk. So while we're talking about that Miles upset for anybody that didn't see the game or get a chance to hear about that game. um. You know, Alabama State, of course, had five takeaways the week before against Southern. Um, this week, they got off to that start. As you mentioned, they had a 70 a yard interception return uh, by a freshman, Ethan Tooks. Uh, they ended up getting a 62 yard touchdown reception from their star receiver, uh, Kissian Johnson. Uh, they jumped out to a 14 nothing lead on Miles. And, you know, I'm sure by that point, everyone's thinking, okay, here we go. You know, Alabama State's going to rock and roll. But Miles you know, responded, scored 14 unanswered points in the second half. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Alabama State was only able to, to muster up uh, a field goal in three. Catch this. Three points in three red zone trips in the second half, you know. So Miles' defense came to play. Miles capped off the game with a three-yard go-ahead score by Janeiro Scott with five minutes and 38 seconds left to grab the lead. Alabama State made a quarterback change going from D. Davis to UAB transfer, transfer Damon Stewart, uh, but uh, they, they were unsuccessful in the quarterback change and miles ends up winning, uh, winning that ball game. And, and I, and I will say, you know, this was Alabama state's first loss to miles in this being the 28th meeting between the teams. I mean, Alabama state had a 26 0 and one record against miles historically. And remember drew, it was just two seasons ago that miles Pushed Alabama State to overtime. To the brink. Yeah, pushed them to yes. overtime and almost beat them. Last year, they, they lost by, uh, I think, a touchdown. Uh, but but remember, remember last year, after Alabama State hit them with a 1-2 to start the game, Alabama State didn't do anything for the last three quarters of that game. Sim- well, almost you had a this similar. almost situation. a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, Alabama State moves into that category after two weeks of you don't know what you got. You you know you got a defense, which is pretty good, you know, but the offense is still struggling. The offense is still struggling to find itself. And you you beat a Southern team, which you, who, who, who or what is Southern? You don't really know that at this point. Uh, they were many people's favorite. And then you lose to Miles. And, you know, Miles is now sitting at two and zero, with uh, two two on two wins. Uh, so, yeah, that that's. Hey, uh, can I can I put that two and zero in perspective, Brian? For Miles, yeah, sure. Yes. 
Miles is the first two and those start since 2019. That may not sound significant, except when you consider that despite Miles' dominance in the SIAC, especially in the Reginald Ruffin era, these are the only two two and O seasons that they have had thus far in this millennium. Brian, let's take that one step further. And for those who don't know what he's talking about, he means since the year 2000. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> let's take that. Let's take that uh, one step further. Uh huh. Miles you used to be a Division three program. Yeah. So the, the records only go back to 1970. I was unable to find another season in which Miles began a season 2 and 0 besides 2019. Mm. So, should the Miles Golden Bears beat the UAPB Golden Lions? This may be the first three of those start in Miles' history. Yeah, that's going to be a big one this upcoming weekend when they play UAPB, um, who they are owing yeah. to. Looking UAPB for will be favored. Oh, for sure. UAPB be, oh. will, uh, will be favored. But that I guarantee you, well, you won't find a line on it, but that game, if UAPB is more than a customary – we're going to give them the three points at home. I, if I was setting the line on this one, just betting on Vegas, I would say this would be a six-and-a-half-point favor for UAPB, which is not a good thing when you're FCS playing the D2. No, and I and I would be tempted to 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 play play on Miles if if, if I was so daring, just to be, to be six honest. And a, if you was to get six-and-a-half. Yeah, if I were to get six and a half, yeah, I would definitely play Miles. Uh, what about this question here before we move forward? Tony Webb, appreciate you jumping in. Tony Webb's like, there should be a clear separation between the levels. And I, I think at some level there is, but we have said the upper level of Division Two is probably as good as the mid to lower level of FCS, at least at the HBCU level. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, whether it be quarterback play, whether it be coaching, depth, uh, but, but but there are there are D2 programs that are getting Division I transfers. So depending upon who those, depending upon who your Division II program is and what your program is, I, I mean, there's a handful out there that are grabbing some D1 guys, and and we're, we're I mean, yes, yeah, should there be a separation? I think those days are gone. I, you know, to to some degree. Yeah. Well, let let me let me add to that. A, those high school players that were going to our FCS teams are not going to D2 because the FCS teams are stocking up with transfer players. That's double one. So they're getting younger talent on the D2 level. And there are a lot of kids who are using the system. They're using these D2s 
so they can transfer up to an FCS or a D1 program. But Brian, you forgot. I'm from the I'm of the Tuskegee lineage. Mm-hmm. We at Tuskegee never felt that there was a, a separation between us and the Alabama states and the Alabama AMs and the Jackson states and the everybody else because we and, and the Hamptons because we got more than our fair share of wins against those programs while they were on an upper level and we have always been division two and until recently you can say the same thing for winston-salem state those are just two programs off the top of my head who have had success playing fcs or one double a's back in the day despite having the reduced number of scholarships now granted a lot of those have been rival games but still it, it, they, they've had their success. And Virginia State, to to a certain degree, uh, go, going back, also has had some success playing those upper uh, level teams in in the in the MEAC. Yeah, I, I I do think there's a level of coaching and development. Um, you can you can spotlight bad coaching and development all you want, or you can flip it on to say there are programs that are that, you know, have coaches, one, who have coaches who have FCS experience or coaches who are coming from, uh, uh, you know, FCS or upper-level conferences, and they understand what it – they understand good development, good training, um, and then have good systems in place. Do the film work. I mean, yes, talent, talent alone will get you so far. But at, at some point, you know, the the good coaching and the good development, the work that goes on in the spring and the summer, it'll get you a win in these, you know, Division Two versus FCS type matchups. You know, um, those opportunities yeah. are there. So uh, we got four. There's there, there's four. You know, it's funny, Drew. We've had more Division Two beating FCS opponents than we have had fcs teams beating uh fbs or even pwi fcs so far you know we're still searching for we're still searching for if i'm not mistaken we're still searching for the first uh uh, pfcs win over an fcs pwi if i'm not mistaken well, here's something to think about, Brian. I was talking about these D2s over FCSs. Have you ever seen an opportunity for a Division II to get back-to-back victories against FCS programs? What Miles has the opportunity to do this weekend would be historic. Yes. Should they be UAPB in, yeah. in back-to-back weeks? And I'm, I'm with Dr. Kabir. It's, it, you know... It's hard to get uh, to sustain it over a season. Can Miles sustain it for two consecutive weeks against that level of competition? You know, uh, I know back in, I want to say maybe. After this week, it doesn't matter because after this week, it's back into conference play. Yeah. I remember uh, sometime in uh, maybe like 2008, 2000. Nine, maybe may have been even later than that. I remember at Tuskegee, we beat three FCSs, we beat three SWAC opponents in one year. 
that's when we were declared the SWAC East champions uh, in Tuskegee because we defeated <laughs> Alabama State, Alabama A&M, and Jackson State all in the same year. I do not remember what year that was, but we would we 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 had T-shirts uh, around Tuskegee saying SWAC East champions. Oh wow, wow! Hey, and, and doesn't uh, and that wasn't and and that's actually one of those years where. Uh, Tuskegee was uh, black college national champs because they had beaten uh, some the, teams, right. right? That year, we were the consensus national champ out of even uh, beating out a lot of the FCS teams that year in, in all of the polls, in the combined polls. We were uh, considered the national champions in a lot of the combined polls, not just the separate polls. That particular year, because we did have those three FCS victories, beating the two Alabama schools in Jackson State. All I know, it was I know Comagy was coaching at Jackson State, and that game was personal for everybody at Tuskegee. <laughs> um, and speaking of, so real quick, as we um, Alabama State, the 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 uh, was it two thousand three, Karen? I thought it was later than that, but you may be right. Uh, Tony brings up a good point there right after that. Uh, the days of Central State, um, when they were, were they NAIA? They were NAIA, yes, in the 80s up under Billy Joe when they were just, yeah, they were the consensus national champion during that time, you know. that's. But rules were different. When you got kicked out of, NCAA and literally that was, that's what it was. If you were black, you went to Central State. It seemed like Billy Joe got you. Billy Joe got everybody's cast off on <laughs> on those teams in the late '80s into the early '90s before he was hired at uh, Florida A&M. Yeah, guys, guys get an opportunity, get a second chance, second or maybe third chance. It just kind of worked out for him, right? Yes. Um, real quick, so um, as as we kind of peek ahead at what's down the road for miles. We just mentioned, obviously, the Arkansas Pine Bluff game, but Alabama State, they're on a bye, and then they travel down to Tallahassee to take on Florida A&M and pretty much get into their swag schedule for the next eight weeks, and then, of course, end the season against Tuskegee. Um, how do you evaluate how – how does your evaluation of Alabama State change from the first week to now maybe the next few weeks of their season, uh, the next four games, they've got Florida A&M, Alcorn, Bethune, and Jackson State. And that, that's all before the Magic City Classic, the next four. You know, after opening week, week one, I was really looking forward to the challenge of Alabama State, Florida A&M. Not just because of the proximity of the two institutions i think geographically those two may be closer geographically than florida a&m and bethune by by a few miles uh i have to it's close it's close, it they, is close. They're, they're real close Very yeah close. i think it may actually be a little bit closer uh to that but considering alabama state has scored three touchdowns in two games mm-hmm. you know if, if florida a&m can do what they did against Jackson State, and even what they did against USF, but find a happy medium because USF, they overthrew, they threw the ball too doggone much. 
Jackson State, they ran the ball good. Find what that beating is, uh, Coach Simmons. I, I, I have to – fam, you should be a heavy favorite in that game now. As I, in before, after the win against Southern, you, you would have set that line a lot closer in that particular matchup. Yeah, but defensively, here, here's why I don't think that line will be as – now, I, I think that line will be within a touchdown, and I'll tell you why. Because Alabama State has technically only given up uh, – uh, let's see. Have they given up um, – the They well, gave, they gave up three up, touchdowns to Miles. Yeah, three, three to Miles and one to Southern. So that's only four. So, I mean, defensively, right. that that's pretty good. Defensively, what they've, what but, they've allowed. They have got to find an answer. There are two teams right now in the SWAC that everyone expects to do something. They have still got to find an answer, a quarterback. Alabama State, Southern. Got to get those questions answered. Those are the questions that we had back in June. Those are the questions we had in July. Those are the questions we had in August. And after week two, we still have those questions. Who is going to spend the ball for those two particular institutions? We'll talk about Southern here in a moment. Let's talk about the upset that probably should have been. That was a minute away from happening that that did not happen. And that happened in Akron, Ohio for Morgan State. The Bears, Morgan State Bears coming off of a road trip and beating off a beat, excuse me, and beating a ranked Richmond uh, on the road turned around and played an FBS opponent from the Mac and had a 21 to step. Well, I should say had a 21 to seven lead with Akron driving into the red zone in the final minute, minute and a half of the ball game. Morgan intercepts a pass in the end zone uh, by uh, Jordan tolls intercepted the pass in the end zone and with a minute and eight to play, you're watching and thinking, Morgan's got this game. Oh, my God. Morgan was trailing 17-7 to at the half, uh, scored two touchdowns in the, in the third and fourth, and you're thinking, Morgan's going to pull this off. Unbelievable. So, Akron has two timeouts. It's a minute and eight to play. Ball spotted at the 20. Now, What's your thought here, Drew? You, what, what's in your head? What are you thinking strategically of what should happen at this point in the ballgame? What are you thinking? Or what do you think should happen at this point in the ballgame? Morgan has the ball with the one away in the game. Two just timeouts over. by Akron. Which just over. Right. Okay, let, let's do the bath. Run play first down, minute three, minute four. Mm-hmm. Run play second down, 59, 58 seconds. 59, actually, right? Okay. So now it's third down. Run play, run play, third down. If you get the first down, fine. Third and 10. It's a long way to One go. One thing, but guess what? The one thing you can't <coughs> do is cough up the ball. <laughs> so, and run the ball. Go uh, First contact, we don't need the extra yard. 
We need we, the ball is our friend. The Which direction are you running friend. that ball? Because if that if that play straight up the gut, bro. In between the tackles, straight between the guards, the gut. Okay. Between right. bet, between the tackles, I have not I have not watered it outside because the, a running back's natural tendency may be to bounce it outside, and he will bounce it out of bounds. Not an RPO. You're not, running, you're not running an RPO. A uh, uh, who? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. A uh, who? Yeah. Look, uh, Brian. One of my biggest pet peeves about football right now is that these these quarterbacks don't know how to put their hands under somebody's ass and take the ball. <laughs> I am up under center, making sure that I get a clean snap. Then I am putting that thing so far in the gut of my of my running back, full back, whatever back that I'm going to use, A back, B back, whatever you want to call it, that he's gonna he's gonna poop when I hit him with the dog on ball. I put it in there so dog on hard, Brian. Well, Drew, run, uh, get what you can, contact, fall down. Let's let, let, let's do the math. Okay. The play takes. Three to four seconds. Four seconds. So that right. that leaves you at about fifty three. Mm-hmm. Fifty three, so fifty four seconds. Forty second clock. Four, right? You get you, 40, 40 second clock. Uh huh. So they they are out of timeout. So the clock is going to run down to fourteen seconds. Okay. You're How much time? A- and and what's the score? What's the score again, Brian? Uh, you're up twenty one to seventeen. You're up twenty one to seventeen. You're at twenty one seventeen. Fourth down, 14 to 15 seconds. Snap the ball to my punter. Run around back there all damn day. Run to the back of the end zone. Stand there until somebody tackles you. Step out the back of the end zone. I have ran off at least five, six, seven seconds. Mm, Smart play. Now we're up under 10 seconds. Uh We're up under 10 seconds. Free kick the ball when you do a, a free kick, unless they fair catch the ball on the other end, the clock is going to start. You're going to lose about one. They have one play with five seconds left, Brian. Mm, okay. Okay. And then you line up with four safety standing on the doggone goal line on, on, on defense, a three man rush, and nobody else within 50 yards. Upset sounds Morgan in hand. Sounds like sounds like the perfect plan. Sounds like exactly how it probably should should have gone. I'm sure that's probably how Coach Damon Wilson saw it. Unfortunately, the third down call was a read option with the running back running left, not up the gut, and an Akron linebacker tackled him, poked the ball loose. A teammate, a defensive lineman from Akron scooped and scored it from about the 17-yard line, uh, no, excuse me, 13-yard line into the end zone. Akron takes the lead with 52 seconds left. In a seven-second Two play, hands, young fella. Two hands. I, Two you hands. know, it, it looked like he had, it looked like he even had the ball on his left side, but it somehow after Two taking, after taking the ball from the point. quarterback, the linebacker from Akron poked it out and next minute you know it's a scoop and score, and I'm 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 dumbfounded. I'm sitting there watching it, and you're just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe 
what's that? What's the saying? I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, Morgan State just, ended up. Morgan State saw. ended up losing. I can't believe what I just saw. Uh, Morgan State loses twenty-four to twenty-one to Akron. Um, I, imagine. Oh, I know there had to be heartbreak. I, there had to be heartbreak there for uh, Coach Damon Wilson, and and that that's a game that uh, you'll be interested to see how Morgan responds. Uh, the one thing that Morgan's offense has got to do, they got to figure out their their quarterback situation. Morgan played three quarterbacks in that ball game, uh, so I think they're still trying to figure out their offense. But that defense is is legit, and I. That's just a tough break, man. Uh, it should have played out probably about as close to the way you just described it, Drew. It just didn't. And so uh, Morgan misses a chance. Morgan State misses out on a chance to be 2-0 with a big with a big win over an FCS-ranked team and a, uh, a MAC school. So, yeah. Tough break. I agree with you. T- I agree with you, Webb. I definitely agree with you. Nobody yeah. know nobody goes nobody knows how to go three tight or uh three in the backfield or or anything. Like I said, they don't even know how to get up under center anymore and run a quarterback sneak. You don't even have to prepare for the quarterback sneak anymore. Quarterback sneak from three yards away is not a sneak. <laughs> but man, let's 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 get into this first break and uh Let's come back and talk about some of these O's that's out there, Brian. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a couple other big games to uh, spotlight, including the battle down in the bluff between Jackson State and Southern. Uh, the Aggie Eagle Pride uh, Aggie Eagle contest uh, took place in Greensboro. Uh, and we'll spotlight that. And then, uh, of course, you got the uh, the Battle of the Bay between uh, Jackson or between uh, Norfolk State and Hampton. Uh, we'll get into talking about all that here in a moment. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here. AD and I, AD and Brian, we'll be back in just a moment. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard, as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado. 
find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Want to thank everybody. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button uh, if you would. Appreciate everyone for coming in on Facebook and YouTube, wherever you are. Please make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network at MyBCSN1, the number one. Make sure you have your notifications and your bells and all that other good stuff. So that way, whenever our shows or our programs are, are going live, uh, that you get the notification. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, also, download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app, which you see on the top right corner there on the screen. You can download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store. Uh, we are uh, the Black College Sports Network is part of the Jericho Broadcast Networks family. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find um, that app. All right. Uh, going through a couple of other games uh, that took place. Uh, let me see. Let me get this going. Uh, obviously, Drew, bad blood in in the bayou as Jackson State rebounds, as you and I both predicted in our picks contest, rebounded from the loss against Florida A&M to win a non-conference conference game against Southern 27 27- to uh 27 14 uh jackson state improves two and one southern drops two games in a row both both to swat opponents but they don't count against the swat schedule so uh, look all the hopes and dreams for southern are still alive you just got a nasty taste in your mouth though having dropped this game to your rival in the boom box classic what are your thoughts there um I feel like we 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 know who Jackson State is, and but Southern, you just called it. You just talked about it. Who is their quarterback situation? We still don't know. Is is the seat getting hot for Eric Dooley? Is it too soon? I was looking for my fire extinguisher right now, Brian. My bad. I don't know if the seat is getting hot, but. People are getting ants in their pants. How about that? Mm-hmm. Get to let antsy mm-hmm. on the on the bluff, because you know there are a numerous amount of people who were not on board with the Eric Dooley hire to start with. So that group of Southernites are in the "I told you so" choir right now, singing loudly. Singing loud, boy. Yeah. Singing loud. Crowing right now. now. Yeah. Sellout crowd at Ace Mumford Stadium. We know the tailgate in Baton Rouge is second to none. 
probably one of the top three tailgating experiences in HBCU football. And the brand new light show was spectacular, Brian. Really? I missed that. Okay. But uh, the product on the field, if you're a Southernite, leaves something to be desired, Brian. What? And, well, I, Charles Bishop on this morning's uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab, the uh, Sunday morning football edition that we run during this time of the year, made a very good point, Brian. Which team would you rather be right now? Jackson State, who's 2-1, and one, but looking up at Florida A&M in the SWAC standings, mm-hmm. or Southern, who's 0-2, but has not played a countable SWAC contest yet. Well, let's be real. I'd much rather be seated in Southern Sea with a clean opportunity to win my division versus being in Jackson State seat looking up at Florida AM. And trust me, you and I both know the feeling, Brian, of of looking up yeah. at your at your competition for the last two years, as we have if you are a fan of the Rattlers. So I'd much rather be with all the flaws with Southern, there's more optimism for this season to be salvaged in Baton Rouge right now than it is with Jackson State. Because Jackson State, let's be real, Brian, Jackson State, in about three, four weeks, if FAMU doesn't drop a game come mid-October, they're going to be on the FCS playoff push. Yeah. Well, let me add this about Southern, and I'll, I'll answer that question with this: the fact that Southern is the wet is in the West, and only one game, one team has won a game in the West, and that's Prairie View beating Texas Southern in a Western Division matchup, and right? That, so, Everybody so else let's say that again: the of the twelve games that they played this year in the the twelve contests in the West. You you only have one, one team. One team one. has one, and that was against another team in the West. Another team from the West, exactly. And so, I would look. I'd rather be winless in, you know, division play, where I'm looking at everybody else saying, "Oh, they haven't done anything either." You know, Prairie View. I mean, uh, Alcorn hasn't done anything, and they were predicted by many people to be a favorite. Texas Southern definitely after laying. A seventy-one to three egg. They haven't done anything, uh, you know. So I mean, I let me be that guy. Let me be that guy. Now, a couple of key stats that I think that I think Southern has to really question and wonder. Look at the number of rushing with the rushing stats from last night. Uh, Jackson State ran for two hundred and seventy yards on thirty-eight attempts. That's 7.1 average per rush for those people who, you know, need to do the quick math. Southern ran 13 net yards, 26 attempts. That's less than half a yard per carry. This is one week. This is one week. 
one week after FAMU ran the ball 40 times on Jackson State for 200 and something yards and Southern 13 net yards. I mean, damn. You know, uh, I think I saw individually Harold Blood was 27 of 46. Now, again, I'm assuming, I don't know. Let me see. You're down 13 to 7 in the first half. You're down 20 to 7 in the third quarter. So you're probably having to do a lot of catch up and you're throwing the ball around the field. But Harold Bud, 255 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He sacked five times, Drew. That's another stat that can't be good. You you can't turnovers and sacks will kill you. And so I, I it'll be interesting to hear what uh what Coach Dooley has to say. But uh I as as good as Jackson State has played, I'd rather be Southern. Now, let me give you one other thought here. Remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about how tough this first four games was for T.C. Taylor. And I honestly, you know, I thought, hey, what was the likelihood of them going one and three, oh and four? We now know that's not going to happen. And I said, what what did we say? If they go two and two or even three and one in this stretch, uh, look, that's a great start for the T.C. Taylor era, era, excuse me. And you're thinking, wow, okay. Jackson State, this thing might be real going forward in the rest of the season. And they play a Texas State team, Drew, that I was just looking in Phil Steele's preseason uh, college football book uh, out of the Sun Belt. Texas, uh, Texas State is ranked last in that division. There's two divisions in the Sun Belt. They're ranked last. So is – is is an FBS upset on the table for Jackson State? I gotta believe so. If if they if they rush the ball and control the clock, yes. Well, it's gonna yeah. If they come do out what of those, FAMU, turn, yeah, don't turn the if ball. If they over. did what Fam you did against that FBS, no, no, <laughs> no. Okay, another big game that took place. Obviously, the number one team. In black college football, also uh, ranked, I believe, 18th, uh, you know, somewhere in one of the uh, uh, stats, uh, either the coaches poll. I think they're ranked 18th. North Carolina Central uh, controlled their contest against North Carolina A&T. Uh, this was at in Greensboro. Um, <laughs> um, Central got out to a 14 to three lead. In the second quarter, before A&T came back with an 80-yard kickoff return by Taman Cook, uh, A&T actually grabbed the lead, 16-14, to 14, with 2.02 to play, uh, thanks to a 47-yard touchdown by Wesley Graves. That capped off a four-play, 99-yard drive, and A&T had a two-point lead, but Central, with uh, probably about uh, a minute or so, marched right down the field, seven plays, 52 yards, got a 35-yard field goal to retake the lead before the half, 17-16. to 16. And then in the second half, Central did what they do, which is they controlled this game in the second half, uh, shut out A&T 14 to nothing, a pair of touchdowns by – well, not a pair of touchdowns, but a touchdown by Latrell Collier and another touchdown by Davius Richard and um, Central – ends up winning this contest. They outgained A&T 345 yards to 207. 
A&T had 51 passing yards. Yikes. 51. Um, and Central controlled the time of possession, 36 minutes to 24. So a great crowd by, by all the images and the pictures. I think it was a sellout there at uh, Truist Stadium in Greensboro. Um, it's the first time I think uh, I read that North Carolina Central had won in Greensboro since 2015. Uh, any, any thoughts on Central domination over A&T? <sighs> Big sign, huh? Expected. It's to be expected. And I'm sorry, y'all. You have got to go to this morning's show, Brian. I can't even put the emotion into that game like Josh did this morning. Well, and it's, a rival. it's a rival game, so I get it. it it's a rival game. But he, besides bringing the rival portion into it, Joshua says brought the facts along with the rival and how people in that region feel uh starting to feel about A&T. No disrespect to all my A&T people that are in here, but you know, beating the, those teams that left us to go to the perceived better conference the perceived mm. tougher conference. Mm. I like have, the way you're saying perceived. Mm. Have you checked the record of the MIAC against the Big South and the CAA over the last couple, three years? <laughs> have you checked the record of the and the SWAC and Jackson State defeating Campbell last year? Which, so what you're conference, saying is I, which conference is better? Which conference is better? Uh, okay. Data points, huh? Data points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's one of those things in A&T and Hampton. Y'all, y'all included in this conversation, too. When, and I'll say it, Brian. When the eight, when in, but HBCU from HBCU conference beats one of those two schools right now. No offense, Jamie Walker. So has a. It's a little bit more. It's a little bit more special. So wait a minute. Has AMT moved into that category where now we consider them that you know that category where you know we we normally call that the the HB HBCU versus the FCS PWI. Now we're just gonna say the. HBCU versus the non-HBCU conference? Is that what we're going to do now? When, when they play a CAA plays. school, yes. Okay. So it's no longer just uh, just, uh, just so we're just so I can keep up because all these different delineations are, are mind-numbing. So from now on, from henceforth, it's no longer HBCU versus FCS PWIs. It's now HBCU conference Versus non-HBCU conference. All right. Let's give let's give Tennessee State an asterisk though. 
Well, why? They're in a non-HBCU but conference. Here's the difference between Tennessee State versus Hampton and A&T. Tennessee State was never a part of an HBCU conference. They've always been an independent. It's different when you when you used to hang out with us, Brian. So the, the you got you, you, you got you got the divorce. You got too good now. You can't hang out on the corner with us no more. That's the philosophy yeah, that it it's is. It's like a divorce. It's like a divorce. Right. Yes. But yes. Tennessee State I still see you at church, but yeah. we we we're not married anymore. I, I doesn't mean I have to leave the church. I can still but, come to church. We exactly. just not married anymore. But Tennessee State is their cousin. Who you know, you know they your cousin, but they live five states away, and you only see them on on on, on funerals and major holidays. That's Tennessee State. <laughs> you 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 know that's your cousin, but you know. Hey, but this one, the, the, <laughs> these are the people that you grew up with. You know, you know, went through it. Y'all did some dirt together, but now they didn't got that. They didn't got that role. They didn't got that rose. They didn't bought that house. They, they not not in the burbs. They didn't bought the house in the country, not the country, the country. They ain't even moved to the burbs. They moved to the country. All right. They got All the right. private gate. You know, they got they got the chauffeur. That's Tennessee State. I mean, that's Hampton. I don't know. That's A and T. I'm still categorize. I'm gonna categorize this as. HBCU conference versus non HBCU conference. And while we're talking about that one, that one, we got another one then because what? Norfolk State defeated Hampton in the Battle of the Bay. That's a uh, MIAC versus CAA, which, you know, which we pointed out was 3 and 0. Uh Yes, thank you, Doc. Hello. They were not always an independent. So, so that see you you try to delineate you, you no 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 it, it they, it's either one or the other they 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 came and stayed with your aunt for a summer oh, that was that's God. what that was uh or they stayed with grandmama for for one summer brian that's what that's what that tennessee state is but they really stayed they, they really your cousins from california you're you're too much uh norfolk state who look they just lost to division 2 school at home last week now they got another region, in-state rival, uh, Hampton, who just came off a win against Grambling. Uh, Norfolk State ends up getting the win 31-24 to 24 in the contest. Um, Norfolk State was outgamed 435-340 to 340 in this contest. But the one thing Norfolk State had going for it, they had the time of possession in their favor, uh, 34, nearly 35 minutes compared to 25-13 um, for Hampton and uh, Norfolk State in the uh, in the second half. Uh, got a pair, one, two, got two touchdowns in the second half, three total uh, from their quarterback, uh, Otto Coons. And I'm just trying to look here inside the numbers and try to see what the turnover ratio was. Um, but while I'm looking that up, Drew, was that a, was that a keep yourself off the hot seat win, <laughs> uh, as, as, uh, EA says for, for, uh, we won't say it, but it's what, for, <laughs> Jesus. 
for 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 coach. I can't even think of his name now because now I, now I got visions of Big Worm in my head. I can't even think of the man's name. Jesus. <laughs> you mean you mean Dawson Odom? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. EA, get out of get out of here with that. Um, was that a season saving win for Norfolk State? I don't know if it's season saving, but at least it's gonna keep him around past homecoming. <laughs> no, I won't say homecoming. It'll keep him around to the bye week, which is mm. the, the, uh, which is October seventh. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a game that um, I mean, obviously this game was on Flow, I believe. So you know, trying to go you know watch this game will be real interesting. But Hampton, Hampton controlled this game in so many areas statistically, uh, except the time of possession. I mean, obviously they outrushed Norfolk State, they uh, outgained them in total yardage, they even outgained them in total passing yards, um, average per play. Now Norfolk State did have the two fumbles. But um, um, Norfolk State had a fumble as well. When you go and look in terms of the interceptions, um, uh, well, you had you had a total of four interceptions. Yeah. So okay. So you look at it for Hampton. It was the turnovers, the penalties, uh, four turnovers that that cost them opportunities. Um, so uh, good win, good win for Norfolk State. <laughs> when you say that seat doesn't have a, a warming button in Norfolk, huh? Right. Steve, I guess Steve Gaither says it's like leather seats during the summertime in the South. Yeah. In your uh, car. You know, now, you know, what's interesting for both of these teams uh, as, I, as I think about their schedules and look at their schedules, obviously Hampton gets ready for their matchup against Howard and, you know, the battle – the, the real H-U or what is say, it? Say that again, Brian. Hmm? I said Hampton is great. Howard. Okay, Howard. I just want to make sure everybody understood that the side yes. of H. Yes. Like because, an hour. Right, because how, how Hampton owns the H. I, I mean, it is their H until Howard figures out a way to get it back. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Hampton has, has taken their H and they put it in their back pocket and they smacked Howard around with it for the last couple seasons. And so it'll be interesting to see this upcoming week uh, after the beating that Howard put on Morehouse, you know, is that what they needed to kind of get ready? That was sort of, that was like kind of like a tune-up game <laughs> for this matchup. Um, I was looking here, trying to look up and see who Norfolk State has this upcoming week. Temple. Mm. Yeah. F, uh FCS opponent, FBS opponent. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I we think never, Temple is it Temple FCS? No, they're FBS. They're in the uh, uh, either Conference USA or the American. One of those okay. two. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Um. One other one other game I wanted to make mention of just because we were watching for it was the. Uh, Southern Heritage Classic, the new look Southern Heritage Classic featuring Tennessee State and now Arkansas Pine Bluff, UAPB, in their debut game uh, after 30 years, 30-something years of having Jackson State in that contest. UAPB fills in the role. 
Uh, not a bad crowd, 32,518 um, on hand for that contest. Uh, not quite the 50 that they usually have been getting, but still I think 32.5 is the largest crowd thus far. I mean, I'm not counting I'm not counting Grambling going to LSU. I'm, I'm not going to count that game. I'm sorry, because LSU – LSU will draw Wait, 80. That, was, that wasn't our game. That wasn't right. one of our game. Though. Right, right, right. Uh, so now I, your your perception of UAPB is what? Because here's a game that Tennessee State led the entire way. Although UAPB in the final minute had an opportunity to tie the game with a field goal, the field goal gets blocked. Tennessee State returns it for a touchdown. They end up winning the game 24-14. to 14. But your impression of UAPB is what? Because I find everyone's perception of UAPB after two losses fascinating. What's so fascinating about it? I, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I, I keep, people are really impressed with the the quarters that they've been able to put together, the close calls. Um, there's a belief that. Is, is, UAPB, is that four of them, Brian? Is it, it takes four quarters to win a yeah. game. I, I look, hey Drew, I'm I'm just trying to, I'm trying to drink the same Kool Aid that everybody else is drinking. That's all. I, I just want to, I, I, I can sometimes be a follower. I, so I just want to, I just want to see what everybody else is drinking. And everybody, a lot of people like UAPB, like what they see. Um, they think they're going to eventually catch somebody sleeping. I've heard it from more than one people, more than one person that I respect. So I, I'm just, I just want your thoughts on, you know. Uh, Tennessee State gets the win. They move the one and one. UAPB moves to zero and two. Are you impressed with the UAPB at zero and two? I don't know. Maybe that's the question I'm asking. See, here we go. Here we go. See, here we go. Here, no, here we go. Here, this is what I'm talking about right here. UAPB is greatly improved. I, they're zero and two. They're greatly improved. I, I'm not. At, I'm just saying, y'all are, y'all are glossing them. They're zero and two. I, I'm just. They were they were they were what last year when they fired the uh, their coach now uh, the uh, fired not their coach now but uh, fired the coach who's at FAMU um, uh, I can't even think of his name but anyway Drew go ahead answer my question so we can move forward here that that's my answer right there Stephen Gate to answer the question for <laughs> the bar is low all right the bar the bar is low. Let me put it to you like this. The Golden Lions versus Golden Bears. You got Lions. They just lost to the Tigers. Bears. Oh, my. What's up with this? Watch this purple and gold. Go do their thing next week. Uh, Empire hey, Bluff. Hey. I've, I, I've got Miles. I put the game that's, on the picks contest. That's my expectation. I put it on the picks contest. All right, let's uh, let's All go right. ahead and take a break. Coming up on the other side, uh, Coach Frosty Norman. We're going to talk about Jackson State. We're going to talk about uh, Southern. Uh, we're going to talk about the games uh, that we've seen thus far, um, and we're going to chat with him for for a little bit. Uh, so he'll be up on the other side of this break. Uh, so you guys hang in there with us. We got some more to talk about as well. We're going to talk about 
expectations and thoughts. Team, there's there's a few teams that are two and zero, a host of teams that are zero and two, and we're gonna ask some interesting questions. So you guys make sure to hang in there with us. Uh, coming up after this break, you're watching the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm on life right Supermarket now. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, Brian, AD, it's our coach, Coach Ferrasi. Are you hearing us, Coach? Well, nope. Coach is going to have to log back in and give it another shot. So we'll we'll have Coach on with us here in just a second. Um, what is this? Um, we will show Alabama State how to beat out of bear miles this year okay interesting all right uh let's see if we got coach coach how you doing are you there i'm here can you hear me we can hear yes, you loud sir. and clear coach how you doing this uh how you doing this fine day we, we do that every segment can you hear me i was just like uh, but I'm, I'm good i'm good thank you for asking i'm good it's raining out here which is something that i'm used to coming back from hawaii but i was like wow okay i wasn't expecting that today but you know it is what it is how y'all doing Hey, we're doing well. We're doing well. Happy. Uh, I don't know if you are a uh, NFL person, but I always like to say uh, first week of the season, first weekend. Happy, uh, happy NFL weekend to you. If you are a uh, NFL person, do you do you follow the NFL? Or are you more of a? You obviously you're, you coach in college, but uh, do you follow the NFL at all? Only the Seahawks. You know, only the Seahawks. That's the only team that I really follow closely. Is the Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan, so I follow them. You grew up right. a Seahawks fan. Well, actually, honestly, to tell you too, I grew up a Redskins fan. The Seahawks was my number two team. I was born in Tacoma, which is 30 minutes from Seattle. But when they changed the name, I felt 
devastated and lost. Yeah. I still don't know why they did that, but they did. And after that, I said, okay, screw it. And I started supporting my Seahawks, number one. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, Dave Craig. Right. See, I remember that. I remember that. Steve Largent. Steve, Steve Largent. Largent. I was going to Steve Craig, Largent. Dave Craig to Steve Largent. Yeah, that was a good combination. Steve, Steve Largent was the best receiver before Mr. Wright showed up on the scene and, you know, just devastated all the stats. He was. He was. Yes, indeed. All right. Um, Drew's got Drew's got something we want to get started with. Drew, I'm going to go ahead and let you jump in there first with Coach. What's up, Drew? What's going on, Coach? All right. Here's my question, and I, I wanted to say this for you. As you know, there's, there was a rule change this year where the clock does not stop on first downs except for the last two minutes of each half. And I'm starting to notice something that, you know, with the clock not stopping, uh, teams that rush the ball have a little bit of a slight advantage now versus what they used to have. And my theory, and we've got a couple of data points to, to show that it's trending that way. Whether you win the actual battle as far as the yards on the ground, Rushing attempts and time of possession, especially for the a lower level team going to play a team on a higher level, D2 to FCS and even the FCSs to FBSs, keeping them competitive. It seems to be the formula for success and victory. How significant in the games that you've watched does that? New rule with the clock make a difference because I've been at a game personally with that was not on TV, and I'm looking up like, wow, damn, it's fourth quarter already. Oh, damn, it's already halftime. Versus versus some of those other games, even without the TV, you know, it's still long when you're at a TV game while you're sitting there in person. But the games that are on TV are getting done in. 220, 230, 240 versus those games that you just take 305 uh, beforehand, Coach. Your, your comments. I think they did that because now everyone has gone to the air. You know, everyone's so pass happy. You know, the Miles Davises, the Archie Cooleys, the June Joneses. And so a lot of scores are getting out of, um, out of like, let me see, they start looking like basketball scores. And so the game starts going a little longer. Then you had all these, you know, new commercials and TV breaks and everything like that. Well, if you go back to when, in my era, I'm from the 90s, when we ran the ball, we ran the option, wishbone, flexbone, wing tee, you know, the games were going kind of quickly because everybody was grinding the clock. And that's what I still try to do, keep my office on the field, keep their office off the field and grind the clock. So I think with the, uh, the uh, what should we call them, the, uh, we'll call them the big guys, they've gotten together and say, hey, we got to get these games a little shorter. Because if you remember a couple of years ago, there was one Super Bowl that was like four and a half hours. And people were like, wow, Jesus Christ. You know, so I think they said, you know what, let's go back and just run the clock until the last two minutes, no matter what happens. And let's see if we can't start to run the ball a little bit because I see my man got on a coaching shirt over there, which I'm still kind of hurt that they did that to Jonathan Taylor because he's an old school throwback. I mean, he runs the ball, you know, anything like that. But not to get away from what you're saying, Drew, I just think that they did that because the game was getting too long. You know, because like I say, I mean, you know, everyone's throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and the game was – Four or five hours, man. That's no need for a football game to be that long. Even at the Little League level, I went to go see my nephew play a couple years back, and his coach got them in a five-wide shotgun, throwing, throwing, throwing. And I'm just thinking, you know, okay, coach, that's your business. You're a Little League. I'm not a Little League coach, but I think I was out there for like three and a half hours. Oh, my I'm thinking, God. Yeah, you shouldn't be at a Little League game that long. You should not be a Little I mean, 
A little league game should be about an hour and a half, and come on, let's hug and kiss and slap. Hey, good luck to you guys, and let's go. Three and a half what, where's Where's my snack at? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that. So I think that's the reason why the um, the, the higher ups call them whatever. There's a word for it. I can't think of it right now, but I think they got together and said, "Hey, we gotta shorten these games a little bit, so we're just gonna run the clock to the last two minutes." And but guys like me, who I like to run, I tell people I think I'm the last coach in the country just truly likes to run the ball. I just say that I know I'm not, but. I think guys like me who like to run the ball, we, we figured that to be an advantage because, I mean, for a while, you think about some of them scores like 77, 83, 6, 22. So they were looking like basketball scores. So if you run that clock a little bit, it shortens the game. You know, you get keeps people in the stands. And um, it makes the game a little more worthwhile because, once again, I'm, I'm at my nephew's game for three and a half hours. That's a little league game. You know, at the Super Bowl, I remember a couple years ago at that Super Bowl, I mean, it was like four and some hours change. I was like, that's that's not it takes the fun out of what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a fun game. So I think that's what they did. They just said, hey, we're just gonna run the clock to the last two minutes and then you know keep it going from there, shorten the game. Um last question on that. When if you were in the coaching rooms right now, knowing these rule changes, how do you how do you prepare for that both offensively and defensively, especially if, if when you're that team that's trailing with this new with this new rule, the one thing you don't you don't want to do is be down multiple scores now with these new rules. You still you within one score, you 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 can still do something. But when you get down, when you need a a touchdown and a field goal or or two touchdowns or something along those lines, it has to totally change your your mindset uh, on that. So talk to talk to me about that. I think what you have to do now is you got to implement the two-minute offense. You got to practice that a little more. Sometimes we as coaches, we only practice it maybe once or twice a week, unless you're just already running an air raid or a spread type offense. But if you're a run team like I am, I think you got to start your practice off with the two-minute offense. So if you get into that situation, because you're going to get into that situation, there's no need to panic. We practiced this before. We're in the calm, cool collective. Let's go out there and just implement two-minute O and, and uh, take it from there. Um, when you're in the room with the coaches, just like I just said, hey, coaches, you know, every day for the next four days, we're going to uh, the first 30 minutes goes to two minute oh, just in case we're in a situation where we happen to be down and we got to switch around real quickly or we got a short side of the field. We got a fumble and we got to come out there. I think we just jump in a two minute offense and instead of just springing it on the guys who we never practiced because they're like two minute oh, we didn't practice that. And, you know, kids looking around, everybody looking around will come cool because we start off practice all week long like that. So I just think that if more coaches start off with a two minute offense. You wouldn't have to worry about uh, time of the clock because, once again, it's, it's not going to change, at least not for a while. They want to see if it works, and I think it's working. You know, I like it. I'm not complaining. But if you're the passing coach, you're not too happy about it because, once again, everybody likes to sit in shotgun and throw deep and five, six wides, and, you know, no one wants to use a running back no more, poor guys. You know, so I think that if you just start off with the two-minute offense, you'll be fine with this new situation of the clock. Uh, let, let, uh, I'm going to give it to Brian. Still. So let's flip it right quick. Let's flip it to the four-minute offense. Now, mm. How much of that advantage is that? Because we, we've seen a couple of times in these two weeks where teams have not had the ability to close out a game by controlling the ball at the end of the game and managing the clock effectively to keep the other team from getting the ball or putting the ball on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. So let, let, let's go into the four-minute offense. Do teams we really even practice the four-minute offense? Because we know nobody knows how to do a quarterback sneak anymore. Nobody knows how to put their hand under a center's ass anymore. We we already know those points. So, uh, you know, we've once again, that, that four-minute offense and what to do in a four-minute 
offense. Make sure you stay in bounds. We're going to start off in between the tackles. If you can bounce it after you get to that second level, then go ahead and bounce it. But on that first level, you need to be between you need to be between the tackles. Stay with your blocks and, and, and everything else uh, like that. Don't Remember, don't go out of bounds. If you're going to go out of bounds, just uh, fall down in bounds because we're trying to keep this clock running, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, I guess it really don't matter anymore because they don't stop the clock when you go out of bounds. So I guess you can go out of bounds uh, now with this new rule change. But anyway, four-minute offense, Coach. Four-minute offense would be a double tight, which is two tight ends. I would go back to an, to an I formation using a fullback or an H-back, a big tight end, put him back there. Do, do teams even recruit fullbacks anymore? Uh, what they, they don't really recruit fullbacks anymore. They take um, backup tight ends and put them back there. Or they take nice size D tackles. They got a little speed to them, and just tell them, you know, go go block the first guy in opposite color jersey. So no one's really looking for the fullback anymore. You know, like I say, they take the tight end and back the backup tight end, put him back there, or they'll take a backup D tackle just got a little quickness to him, put him back there. But back to what you're saying, the four minute offense. I personally would just go to a two tight end set, uh, I formation, and just run the ball like you said downhill. Tell everybody what I do. I usually point the clock, and I and I go out and see if you can go like that. That means milk the clock. You know, like like you're milking a cow, like milk the clock. Cow. So I point to my clock and milk. So I, so I tell my quarterback, just slow down, just slow down. But once again, we practice this. So when I say, hey, Drew, and you look at me, and I'm saying, so that means, okay, no need to panic, no need to worry. We, we got this. We're good. Let's just kill this clock. I was watching a game, and I'm trying to recollect who it was, but they were up under the center, and they kept trying to give the ball to either the halfback or the fullback. And I'm saying, why? Like you just said, quarterback sneak. Coach, I'm screaming through the TV like he can hear me. Coach, quarterback sneak. You, that's all you gotta do. You're gonna kill the clock. Dive, I mean, right or the left, he's gonna fall. He's gonna get up real slowly, point, milk, and you're whining it. He's still trying to run and running back and thing like that. I'm like, ah, but I'm not him. I'm just saying what Frosty Norman would do. But I'm just thinking, wow, come on, man. But I agree with you, though. You know, you should be back under the center. But the game has changed a little bit, but it depends on that coach. Me, I do both styles. I, we practice, we get snaps under the center and we get snaps in the shotgun. Sometimes you recruit that 5'10, 180 pound quarterback. He's got a nice arm but he can't see the line, so you put him in a shotgun. Sometimes you recruit that 6'2", 220 kid that can get under the center, that can do that 3-5 step back and get over the line. So it just have to depend on what your quarterback is. So you just work both of them. That way, once again, when you get to the game, no one's panicking. No one's dribbling on their mouth. Oh, we didn't do this. We, we've practiced everything. We're ready for Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that four-minute offense, sir, two tight ends, fullback, in between the tackles, like you said, and run downhill. Take your time getting up. I, I would add – the one thing I noticed, because I have been at now three consecutive TV games, and I don't know if I've seen the game get faster. You know what I'm saying? I like, uh, you know, I I, I don't know if it, it, if it. But like this, we haven't had a four hour game, so I guess that's good. Yes, it but is. it feels like it feels like the games are right where they should be, like at three and a half hours. Um, although, you know, the, the game yesterday I was at the first quarter took, uh, 50 minutes, you know, yeah, that, that seemed kind of long, but it, but it, but it got, it moved as it went on, but the first quarter did seem forever. The first quarter seemed forever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an interesting study between the games that aren't being on, uh, the ESPN networks or HBCU Go or wherever else, BCSN, you know, um, versus the games that that aren't, you know, or I should say the games where they are stopping intentionally for TV, you know, because you know what games I'm talking about. The games where you have the, the, the red hat with the clock, they're intentional. The officials know that, hey, I'm 
I'm going to allow a certain amount of time for TV. And then there's other games that officials are like, no, we're on our standard two minutes in between plays here. And if you, you got to catch your commercials when you catch your commercials. So <laughs> that, <laughs> there's, there's a difference. And so that said, all right, coach. Uh, so this past weekend, you were watching the uh, Boombox Classic, Jackson State at Southern. And I tell you, man, the, every every week you get a game where it's just somebody's offensive line is mauling another team. And this week, it was Jackson State that was mauling Southern. Uh, total stats rushing that I just brought up. Uh, Jackson State, 38 attempts, 273 yards, uh, 270 net, three rushing touchdowns. Southern with uh, 26 attempts, a net of 13, an average of less than a yard. So I'm talking seven yards for one team, less than a yard for the other. That would be one half, Brian. Say a half a yard per. A half a yard, (laughs) right. A half a yard average. A half a yard average. Nobody. The one person who did finish with net yards, his average was one point three. So that means you can't. That means you can't even do a quarterback sneak for for, to get the yard when you're averaging a half yard, Brian. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. Um, Again, there were five sacks in the game, so you know those sacks end up hurting you, but. What's your take, Coach? Uh, you saw a Jackson State performance that looked pretty dominating. What are your thoughts? I I was confused a little bit because I was thinking, let me see. I, I was expecting more from Southern. Let's go ahead and say that up front. I was expecting more from Southern. I was I saw Jackson State look like they did the first time, first game a couple weeks back when they played um, South Carolina State. I saw some energy. I saw some enthusiasm on the field, on the sideline. <coughs> Excuse me. I saw um, T.C. Taylor um, having fun again. So you could tell when they're, when they're having enthusiasm, they're having fun, then they're, they're, in, uh, they're in control. That offensive line did a great job. Great job uh, for running the ball. That running back they got that came from Wofford, uh, he, uh, I think it was first, second quarter, when he did the sweep around. You could see the guard, the center, the tackle. They all did the scoop block. They stopped everybody. He just walked around. He went like 25, 30 yards. I mean, it was a good job all the way around. Um, the funny part about this is, though, Neither line was bigger than each other. Jackson State's line is not bigger than Southern's O-line, and Southern's O-line is not bigger than Jackson State's. So it was a difference in coaching because Jackson State came out there and they just did a great job blocking. No matter, I don't know the quarterback's name, but when he wanted to run the ball on the draws, he picked up good yards. When he wanted to throw the ball, he stayed back there. There was no pressure. I think maybe once he might have had to scramble. I think he did that because he wanted to. Um, other than that, he had a, just a great day as a quarterback, you know, Um Flip the side, other hand to Southern, the one kid, uh, Blood, I think his last name is Blood. Um, he, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah, he was running all over for his life, scrambling, got sacked, like I say, several times. The left side of that line is not very good. I mean, they gave up two out of five sacks, just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And they, and they got some big boys over there. So that comes back to coaching, everything like that. Um, they had that one run when it was like, I think the score was like 20 to 7 or something like that, and they, it was like straight up the gut. The center was able to jump to the linebacker. The guard was able to take, excuse me, fellas, scoop the D tackle, and he just ran right to the ground for like 10, 12 yards. Something like it wasn't a long run, 10, 12 yard run, but it was a nice, good looking play. You know, it opened up real well. Um, I don't know why they didn't do that more. Um, they just weren't having any any success. 
Um, like I say, it's still early. I was reading some of the comments when somebody was saying maybe he needs time to get a new coach or something like that. I wouldn't say that. I think Dooley's a good coach. I don't know him personally, but I've watched him since he's been a swag. He's always done a good job. Um, I think he's got to talk to his O-line coach, and I think he's got to talk to his O-lineman because I think the quarterback they got is pretty good. I really do. I, I, he can throw it. We, we thought he, he can play a couple deep balls yesterday, so we know he's got an arm. He can move around. He can run. That's what you want from a, a modern-day quarterback. Um, they got good running backs. But big fellas, if you're just going to be, like I said, with the South Carolina State game, you're just going to be big for no reason, and you really need to get out the way because, you know, we still got eight games to go. We still got a shot at this, but we can't keep playing like this. Uh, back to Jackson State, um, they look good. <laughs> they, I mean, I was impressed with them. Offense, defense, special teams, I mean, they look good. Once again, look like they were having fun. You know, against FAMU, I think they got hit in the mouth with that kick return. I think that mm -hmm. took some of the air off them real quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, Coach uh, Simmons, um, I think, like you said, he ran the ball a lot. That was something unusual. So he ran the ball a lot. So I think, fam, you just jumped on them and kept punching them. Um, Southern didn't want able to jump on them like that because it was 0-0 for a while. And then it was like a 3, then a 10. So the game was kind of closed before it started to, you know, separate a little bit like that. But I think that Jackson State looked good. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They looked confident, you know. And uh, I was happy for T.C. Taylor because, like you say, now he's 2-1. and one. Um, we're, we're still a lot of time to go. Still a lot of time to go. Southern, not throwing in the towel on Southern. I'm not a Southern Jaguar fan or anything like that. I'm a Langston Lion. But um, I do believe that if they um, have a nice talk with their O-line coach and their O-linemen, they can get together because they got some big boys. They got some, I mean, and at times they did some things right. They wouldn't, I mean, those negative yards you were telling me about, I was scratching my head like, whoa, because I know I saw a lot of good runs, but like you said, those five sacks hurt. So if you, if, I, if I'm the running back, I get 10, 12, 15 yards, and my quarterback gets six, 15, then we start to minus anything like that. So I think that's what happened there because he did get sacked way too many times. Mm -hmm. um, from the standpoint of, you know, first two weeks of the season, first two games of the season, uh, you're 0-2. You're and so I'm, 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 I'm speaking as if, uh, you know, Southern here. Um, I'm not asking you to necessarily step into Coach Dooley's shoe, but just from the perspective of, hey, you know, you're 0-2 offensively uh you've only scored what's it what is it drew three touchdowns um you committed five turnovers the first week your quarterback got sacked five times this week uh i, I mean southern southern jaguar fans I, I i i know them to be very passionate people very much mm -hmm. like florida a&m mm -hmm. folks and i know if rattler nation were had lost two games like this folks would be standing on the bridge ready to throw some coaches over the bridge. So um, how does the Southern coaching staff fix what's ailing them right now? And, I, and I'm asking you to say, do you know, not that you know all that's ailing them, but from what you saw, what are some things that you're going into meetings, whether it be today, tomorrow, trying to adjust and fix for Southern? Oh, no, it's today. It's today. Oh, okay. Okay. Because today, because you know, like you said, the, the Southern Jaguar fans are very passionate about who they are. They love their team. They love their school colors. They love Mumford Stadium. So you know, I'm pretty sure Dooley's getting some emails, or you know, the, the uh, put somebody probably drove by and put it for sale sign in his front yard. You know, I mean, it happens and everything like that. So you have to, you know, you you. I mean, you even after yesterday's game, you get your coach together and say, "Fellas, we got to meet tomorrow." You know, tell your wife tomorrow morning from ten to when I let you go. We're busy because we have to get this corrected. We shouldn't be zero two. We are, but we shouldn't be. Good thing about it is, like you say, I've seen somebody say they haven't played a conference game yet, although they played two SWAC teams, you know, um, so they still got time. No need to panic and just start, you know, shaking just yet. But you do want to kind of look over your shoulder and say, whoa, I mean, because they still got a tough schedule ahead. 
And so you get your coach together today, and as the head coach, you you show up early before everybody else, and you already have the films broke down from first to the second to the third to the fourth quarter. And you say, look, this is what we did wrong, 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 because we didn't do nothing right, coach. And you start pointing at coaches, starting with the, the O-line coach. You know, um, I forgot they said they got um, – is it Willie – who's who's coaching? Is Willie Cotton coaching Southern, or is he at Jackson State? He is at uh, – He's the quarterback's coach at Southern. Okay, he's a, okay so, so, so you got a quarterback coach. We, we know he's proven as a, as an athlete, as a quarterback, and as, as a coach. coach, as a coach. So we know he's proven. Uh, once again, I saw Blood do some good things. Poor kid was running for his life. He needs some room back there. But let's take it back up front. The big fellas, you know. So it's not yelling and screaming or putting somebody in a headlock, but it's like, coach, hey, come on. You know, we, we got to do better than this. So I need you to go talk to them. If I got to go talk to them, you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm switching positions. I'm taking second streaks, making them first. I'm demoting, you know, so it's going to be hectic if I walk in that room. So you as the coach, you with them guys every day, you know, you're their buddy. I'm the head coach. Coach, you got to go do something. Coach, you got to do something. Because if this happens again, I got to take over and we ain't having this no more. Now, quick question. Uh, I mean, you two weeks into the season, you know, you've gone to uh, some uh, spring practice, summer camp, fall camp. Your line is what your line is at this point. When do you maybe not necessarily ask line to step up, but maybe change a little bit of what you're doing offensively, you know, change your route tree so that you're running shorter routes so that your quarterback can get rid of the ball uh, fast. So throwing more screens and slips and bubbles. Or When do you start look, looking at going down that line if you realize that we can't fix this as, as far as the line in practice because – if if you if you're 250, you 250 this year. You're not gonna you're not gonna gain that extra weight and beef at this point in time in the season. That's something you have to work on in the off season with the strength. So when do you start tweaking philosophy, coach? Well, they ain't got no 250 guys on that line, brother. Everybody on that line is 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 290, 315, 320. They got a big they got big boys. Okay, and yeah. they got if I'm not mistaken, when I looked at that roster, they got 14 or 15 old linemen. So they ain't just that five. So then that's when you start to go tell people, like, hey, if you're not going to pick this up, I got other guys that want to play. Those don't want to play? And everybody's like, yes, sir, coach, I do. You know, so we, we may, me and Drew, we, we may be buddies, but you the center and I'm the backup, but I'm saying, hey, man, I need that. I need that. You know what I'm saying? So coach is looking at me like, hey, Frost, you up next. Okay, move, Drew. You know, so so it, you start challenging each other. Once again, not screaming, yelling, pointing fingers, anything like that, because it's still a lot of time, but we got to fix this right now. Um, and so, I, once again, you go to the coach first. You don't just go to the player. You want to overlook the coach because, you know, you pay him a, a salary to do his job. So you say, coach, I need you to do your job. I need you to do your job. But as a head coach, you also go talk to him. You can give him a, like, like a little bit of speech, like, fellas, hey, do I need to make some changes? Do, do I really need to make some changes? Because that was un, very unsatisfactory. We should not be owing two. We're better than that. We're the Southern Jaguars. We're the Southern Jaguars. We got one of the best bands in the country, and we definitely got one of the best teams in the country. It's still early. So – this time next week, if I'm not satisfied, I'm making changes. Period. And then you walk out the room, and everybody look at each other. And they also have, they also have the best light show in the country right now. <laughs> yeah, talking I, about I, this. I gotta see this light show that you're talking about. <laughs> now I gotta go back and watch the game now to see though. Did this happen after a score? When did it happen? Because you know Southern didn't score. A whole heck of a it started. It started pregame, Brian. Pre-game. Okay, it started so pregame, I, and then happened at, at at the half when they brought the, uh, the box out. All right, all right. I, I'll I'll be looking for it. I gotta go. That's back. when everybody bring their phones out. It kind of looked like the Super Bowl. Everybody bring their phones out. It was all lit up. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. You had cool. you had the you had the light show because they 
they got those new LEDs. You know, they don't have the 20 bit of lights like we got in a lot of our stadiums now. They got the instant lights. They, ch- they change colors and everything. Hey, that's uh, called big money. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, Coach, uh, have, have you already – have you looked ahead to uh, week number three coming up? Yes, sir. Next week I'm going to watch the um, Alabama A&M Southern game next oh, yeah. Saturday um, on ESPN1. I downloaded ESPN1. So, that's the game. That's the only game that it's showing next Saturday. So, I'll be taking that one out. Yeah, that it's funny you mentioned that. I was gonna mention that. That is uh that's gonna be it. That's gonna be uh the first conference game, I believe, for Southern and Alabama AM. And I talk about a dare I say must win. Yeah, yeah. I, you can okay, say it. I, I, I can say it, yeah. yeah but that's what it. it feels like. That's what it feels like, you know, especially after losing two games to swack opponents. Swack uh, East opponent. Swack East. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, two Swack East opponents. Well, now you're playing a third Swack East opponent. So, not yeah, but this one, this is the one that counts. So Alabama, Swack Alabama and m is one and one, correct? Yeah, they, they whooped up on uh, somebody this past Lane. Week. Yeah, Lane. Lane. Yeah, Division II uh, school. So, uh, that's a good recovery. All right. Um, coach, let people know how they can uh, follow you on social media any other any other any other tidbits or anything else you've seen interesting that you care to comment on before we before we had the commercial? Uh you can follow me at, at Coach Frosty on my Twitter. You can email me at coachfrosty at gmail.com. I'm here every Sunday. Love work with these two young men. Look forward to watching uh swipe football next week. And once again, keep your eyes out open because I'm coming. Sound like my man, don't I? <laughs> He, he, they got you. They got you. He got you hooked too, Coach. <laughs> coach, you sipping the Colorado Kool Aid as well, huh? Coach, hey. look at you, man. Look at you. It's all. It's all good. We, we, folks, folks in our parts. They had two, three years of that, so we know it's kind of, it's kind of funny watching the rest of America drinking the Kool Aid, boy. But all right, it's all good. Um, all right, appreciate the time, Coach. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you guys. See you guys next week. Drew, right. I'm gonna give you a call, appreciate buddy. I want to talk to you. All right, I got got some news for y'all, so man. All right, my friend. Take care. I'll be in touch. All right, Brian. I'll be in touch in the middle of the week. Take care, fellas. Yes, sir. All right, coach. All right, Coach Ferrasi Norman joining us, a regular segment on Sundays. Let's take a quick break. Let's go through, let's just kind of spotlight these 0 and 2 teams. Look, questions that we have. 2 and 0 and 0 and 2 teams. Questions. The and O or the O and. Yeah. Uh, Among the unbeaten. HBCU I we going to break. I, 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 can, I, can I can I do a tease? Can I tease? Oh my bad. Can I my tease bad. the segment? Just let, let me let me handle this okay. for you. Come on, I'm just trying to set right. the tease up. Okay, let let them, putting the question out there for the people, something to think about. Of the unbeaten HBCU teams, who who is provided? Uh, who is expected? See, who is expected? to be unbeaten who surprises you at their unbeaten record uh or who does not surprise you and who's actually shocked you with their unbeaten record so again who who's expected to be unbeaten after two weeks who doesn't surprise you that they're unbeaten and who absolutely shocks you that they're unbeaten and then looking at the host of schools that are winless who aren't you worried about who doesn't surprise you 
that they're unbeaten and who's or un, or winless and who are the winless teams that you are concerned about so, uh, so i hope do that do that again do that again cuz you kind yeah. of buffed that one up yeah i did of uh, the winless team the winless team who doesn't worry you who doesn't surprise you and who are you concerned with as it relates to the rest of their season so all right that's the that's the setup we'll come back on the other side and uh we'll uh we'll get into uh we'll get into more here right on the other side you're watching the uh bcs and sports wrap we'll be back in just a moment if you think all pads are exactly the same think again this is always ultra thins reinvented with the always triple protection system this pad wicks gushes 90 percent faster absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvée. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall.
All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Um, Thought you forgot my name. No, no, because I was trying to do two different things at the same time. So just trying to get all that squared away. All right, let's, uh, before I go into the questions that I teased, uh, again, I want to remind everybody, appreciate you guys in the chats, wherever you are, hit those thumbs up, uh, hit the thumbs up button, hit the like button, whatever stream you're watching, uh, share the show if you would. Um, let's just recap for a second, the FCS versus FBS matchups from week two, uh, obviously as mentioned, you had Morgan state losing to Akron 24 to 21. You had FAMU losing to USF 38 to 24. South Carolina State lost to Georgia Tech 48 to 13. Dell State lost to Army 57 to nothing. Texas Southern lost to Toledo 71 to 3. Grambling lost to LSU 72 to 10. Yowzer. Um, you had a pair of HBCU conference teams versus non-HBCU conference teams. Alcorn State losing to Stephen F. Austin 38-10 and Prairie View losing to Abilene Christian 45-16. The D2 HBCU conferences versus the uh, non-HBCU or the PWIs of the D2 level. You actually had one victory in there. Lincoln. Lincoln, PA. Defeated Post University 48 to 32. That was Lincoln's first non HBCU non conference win since 2015. So, shout out to uh, Lincoln PA, the Lincoln Lions, on getting that win of improved to one and one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you had teams that had big weeks the week before. Bowie State lost to Davenport 24 to 19. Albany State played a good game against Valdosta State, but they lost it 21 to 16. Johnson C. Smith couldn't get their second in a row. They lost to Walsh of Ohio 14 to 9. Fayetteville State lost to Lenore Ryan 24 to 10. Bluefield State uh, lost to Emory and Henry 37 to 14. Livingstone lost to Catawba 55 to 15. And Winston Salem State. Ugh, drops to 0-2, lost to Ohio Dominican 26 to 14. Uh I, I feel like we I feel like we uh we we talked about that potentially happen there with uh with Chris Ferguson. All right. So here are the magnificent seven. The seven teams that are sitting at 2-0 right now. You got Miles. Uh big win, of course, this past week. Tuskegee. 2-0. They beat Kentucky State this past weekend and Fort Valley State the week before. Benedict. Benedict has not given up a point this season. Not a point. Allen University, 2-0. Uh, Virginia State, of course, winners uh, uh, week one against Norfolk State, and then they beat Tusculum. Actually, I probably should have put that in there in the, uh, in the one category we're talking about, D2s versus... Uh, D2 PWIs, they beat Tusculum to go. Now Virginia State is 2-0. Virginia Union is 2-0. And then North Carolina Central, of course, is 2-0. All 
All right. So the question we asked Drew of the unbeatens, who did you expect to be unbeaten at this point? Who did I expect to be unbeaten at this point? Yeah. Benedict. Yep. State. I agree. Virginia State. Hmm. I no, excuse me, not Virginia State, Virginia Union. I'm sorry. Okay. I'd agree Union. with you on that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong school. And Central. Right. Those are the three teams that I expected to be uh, un, unbeaten. Un, unbeaten. I, I agree with Correct. you 100%. 100% with you. Um, <laughs> Karen, Karen, Karen Griffin. Yeah, you, you, you expect it. I love that. You expected Tuskegee to be unbeaten. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So, across those three, that leaves four teams left. Who doesn't surprise you that they are unbeaten? Who are you not surprised by? It? That would be. Tuskegee and Virginia State, the two teams that don't surprise me that they're unbeaten. I'm I'm simpatico with you, my friend. I yeah. I because I, I I thought I thought Virginia State had an honest shot against Norfolk. I, I'm probably more shocked at this week's result than last week's result when it comes to Virginia State. So that means under I'm shocked you. You'd put Miles underneath that. I'm shocked that they're two and zero. Miles and definitely Allen. Mm-hmm. Allen, it would be a fourth category, Brian, as in a WTF category, <laughs> and that's a WTF in a good way. Okay. Yeah, Allen. Yeah, um... yeah. my because let's be real. The the win last week against Lane, yeah. I mean, they 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 was 0-26 and one against Alabama State coming into their game. If you had Miles on the radar to beat Alabama State, and you are not a Miles alum, you're lying to me right now. <laughs> a Miles alum or a fan, you are lying to me right now. Lies, right? I got you. All right, um, let's go over to the and O, or or no, uh, what is it? O and O and O and. These are the winless zero and. These are the winless HBCU teams. Um, we can practically say everyone in the SWAC West, except for Prairie View, everyone in the SWAC the West by that one. is O and two. And after because why? It could have easily been Texas Southern that'd be O and two. Or I mean, they, 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 there's only one win by the SWAC West, and that's by default because somebody right. had to win when Prairie View played Texas Southern. Right, right. Uh, um, you've also got Delaware State, South Carolina State, winless. Um, the entire, well, not the entire, but five-sixths, of the CIAA South, everyone except Johnson C. Smith is winless, which that's probably the least shocking thing if you think about it. <laughs> Over in the SIC, Clark, Edward Waters, Lane, Albany State, and Morehouse, all winless. 
right now after the first two weeks. Still looking to get a win. Uh, yeah, I think I covered everybody. Mm, I'm trying to yeah, think. Uh, uh, no, Lincoln uh, of Missouri. Did I forget? North Carolina A&T. North Carolina A&T is 0-2. And Lincoln of Missouri. Okay. Yeah, I forgot to include North Carolina A&T. Yep, North Carolina A&T and Lincoln of Missouri. Gotcha. All right. So, among that group of teams, who being oh and winless thus far, who doesn't worry you? Because they're either going to figure it out get on the right track, or you still think there's a chance for them to compete for a championship? Who doesn't worry you? I, I, I believe the elephants in the room for last, Brian. And notice I say a plural, elephants. Okay. Who does not... <laughs> I'm lost, but go ahead. Who does not worry me? Uh... A A and T. Really? A and T doesn't worry me. They 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 are too there's too much talent at North Carolina A and T for them not now. Will sure they will they win conference? No. But it's the first year in the CAA under a new coach. Takes time to get everything figured out. So A and T does not worry me. Uh, Can they get the five wins? That would worry me. Nah. Yeah, that would definitely worry me. South Carolina State doesn't worry me either. Why? South Carolina stations. Not only that, but South Carolina State. That, this is par for the course for South Carolina State. When South Carolina State don't do anything out of the conference, they go, they go get all them checks, and then they're in contention when it comes to MEAC season. That's also the other one that doesn't worry me uh, with this. Buddy Pugh's uh, last season, you know, he's not going to go out with the offer. So mm-hmm. they, they're going to figure out. But right now, they we said whoever lost the – BX Swag Challenge was in for a long month of September. That's why it doesn't worry me. This is par for the course. This is exactly what we expected for the loser of the uh, BX Swag Challenges, in this case, South Carolina State. Yeah. Some, there'll be some schools waiting for the month of October to come around. Um, exactly. my, my teams that don't worry me, I just got two. I, I just got two. I'm going to go with Alcorn. I, I oh, think... I didn't get to my elephants in the room. I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish yours. And I'll... Okay. Come back I, to my yeah, Alcorn and Fayetteville State being 0-2 doesn't, doesn't worry me because I still think those two teams will be in the hunt, in the chase for a championship, you know, by by yeah. uh, late October, early November. Yeah. Go back to my elephants in the room. Okay. Fayetteville, Fayetteville does not worry me because – by default, they are the best team in the CIAA South. Mm-hmm. Meaning that <laughs> they're probably going to win that by default and have no more than what they probably won't have a loss in the division. Right. 
That's within fair. within their their half of of it. Now they they will lose some, some crossover games, but they, they if they don't sweep through the southern portion of their schedule, that would shock me. Okay. Uh, Another go, elephant going. Going to the SWAC, uh, it doesn't. Alcorn doesn't what doesn't worry me. Somebody has to win the West by default. Rules say we have to declare a SWAC West champion. You're doing that already. <laughs> yes, the rules say we have to declare uh, declare a SWAC West champion. We have to declare. Here's the question. Uh huh. Here's the question, Brian. Mm-hmm. Will it be parity or mediocrity that determines the Swag West champion this year? Uh, I think I, I, they'll be judged I, on their record against the East. That's how. That that's how I think that, determine parity versus uh, you mediocrity. know, mediocrity is. Do, what is their record against Swag East opponents? Then we're leaning towards mediocrity right now. All right, because the because the West is 0-4 against the East right now. 0-4. Wow. Okay. No, 0-4. 0-4. I don't know. Is it 0-4? 0-4. Like hasn't uh, won a game. Uh. Well, we know they're the at least 2 We know they're at least 0-2 right now. Yeah. Southern's two so, losses. <laughs> definitely yeah. the, the, the those two losses. Uh. But yeah. Alcorn, I'm really not worried about best running game in the in the uh yeah, I'm with you, Alcorn. All right. What How you about, want about Karen? That's what I want to know. Well, let's go to doesn't surprise me. Who doesn't surprise you that they are 0-2? It's sad to say, but doesn't surprise you that they're 0-2 right now. And of the course, that could be for any 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 reason. You know, you don't have to. You know, but go ahead. The rest of the CIAA South doesn't surprise me. Ding! I would agree with you on that. <laughs> I would agree. I'm with you on that. Yep. Lincoln, Missouri, and Morehouse don't surprise me. Ding, ding! I'm right there with you on those two. Lane doesn't surprise me. Uh, okay. Miles and Alabama A and M. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you What do you mean? We can't include they, they lo- the, the two. The two losses are to Biles and Alabama A and M for like. Okay. That's why that doesn't that's surprise me. About. That's what you're talking about. Okay, I missed that. Yes. Okay. Yeah that 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 doesn't surprise me. Uh, Chris Duke yeah. said he's Chris Duke said Southern doesn't surprise him that Southern's owing to. Uh, you know what? That's fair. That's uh, that's pretty fair. Uh, I'm trying to think anybody else in the West. Um, that doesn't surprise me that they're 0-2 outside. Okay, UAPB, it, it doesn't surprise me that. Yes, that, that, that's that, a good one. UAPB doesn't that surprise they, uh, me. Uh, 0-2. Everybody else out there, the loser of Prairie View, Texas Southern, which was Texas Southern this game, it does not surprise me that that team is 0-2. Right, because we kind of we kind of looked at the schedule. We kind of saw who, who, whoever that was going to be their own, maybe their only win at this point. Uh, but yeah, that that's about it. On the does not surprise me. Okay, now here's the interesting one. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that they are zero two 
because it's a it's a it's a bad trend. This is this is for me glaringly. For me, I start with Southern. I'm concerned that they're zero and two. Top of the list. Top of the list for me. Um, who else? Anybody? Who else do you have? Grambling. Uh, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I just. I mean, again, I've I've said what I've said about. You know, I'm still waiting on to see it. I'm still waiting to see it from uh, from the coach. I'm still waiting yeah. to see it. I, I haven't seen uh, it. Right. Clock Atlanta. I'm definitely concerned. I didn't know what to expect from Clark. But but Coach Slater, and I love Coach Slater to death, they have not looked like heyday Coach Slater teams in these two losses. Now, granted, the first game they went through two quarterbacks, so we that, we kind of kind of throw that one out. Mm-hmm. But the second game uh, was not a good look. Edward Waters concerns me also, being 0-2. Yes. Because if there's one – school that I know has put money into their program and has provided their coaching staff with everything that they can provide from a budgetary standpoint, I believe that's Edward Waters of everybody on this list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other one that concerns me is Albany State. These are not Gay Giardinia's Albany State Golden Rams. Mm -hmm. This is a totally different look for Quinn Gray and the Albany State Golden Rams. They've gone from a ground and pound, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust type team to try to build a team on speed running a spread system. And right now, Quinn does not have the personnel to do that as of yet. So this is a, down here in this region where I live, it, this region of Georgia, this is a tough, trend for the Golden Rams. They just have not looked good in their losses. That's what's concerning. Right. Right. Okay. Um, Anything else you want to add? No. No, I I was just kind of doing going back, looking at some of the data analytics. I mean, everything has kind of played out how the uh, how the data thought it would go um you know teams who are either two and one or one and one are right where where they should be um like i said other than you know southern you know um so um and yeah even though Let's see. Yeah, previews two and one. Every, yeah, everyone else is kind of everyone else. Anybody who lost, like for example, schools that lost week one turned around and covered games or won games that they were, you know, supposed to win. You know, the following week. So I think that's pretty interesting. Or they won and lost. You know, for example, Hampton. Hampton. You know, by all metrics, were supposed to be two and zero. Oh. Uh, you know, they they are one and one. I mean, it's. It's it's to be what is to be. So, so so Brian, before we go into our uh, our, our pick segment, uh-huh. let, let, let's look at the the and old teams 
and see what they're facing this week, Brian. Uh, the and O. Oh, so that's yeah, the that's the unbeaten. That's the unbeaten team. That's the unbeaten teams. Okay, yes. so the unbeaten teams. All right, so you give me the team, and I'll tell you the opponent. Let's do it that way. Oh, okay. So we don't have, to, so we don't have to flip back and forth on the two. Uh, I got you. I got you. All right, so we'll start with Miles. Miles, uh, unbeaten so far. What's Miles? Unbeaten Miles, where we know they're at Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, this week. Right, we've talked about that. How about Tuskegee this week? Tuskegee has Central State. The, mm. the Central State that up that upset Mississippi Valley State, and that is at home for the for the uh, Golden Tigers. Okay, uh, that's not a Thursday game, is it? Or a f- no? Okay, Brian. Thursday, game. Brian. I'm yeah. gonna say that again. Tuskegee is at home. How the hell is Tuskegee gonna play a Thursday night game at home? I thought they had lights. Didn't they put up lights at Tuskegee? Brian, that's why we don't think on this show. Anyway, um, <laughs> Benedict, Benedict, unscored upon. Will someone score on Benedict this weekend? Who do they got? No, Brian. They have Lane this week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going three in a row. Oh, man. You know, we start- and, and if they if they do that, Brian, we're going to have to start. We're going to have to start doing some research to see what's the longest shutout streak. Uh, you know, but within I, I the, think within the conference, uh, the we'll, con- we, I think yeah. I think Tuskegee owes that record back in the Jake Gaither days. Oh Jesus! Okay, wow. Not Jake Gaither, uh, Cleveland. <laughs> well, well that, things that, around the same time. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. That's not any better. <laughs> <laughs> but I know they had a, 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 a scoreless streak back in the Cleveland days. I believe, and I believe Jeez. Fam had one too when they were in the SIC back in the Jake Gaither days. Holy cow. All right. Um, that's a good point. Uh, Allen University, unbeaten Allen. Who's Allen got? A very interesting match against Kentucky State. And, and here's the thing with Allen. They have arguably the best quarterback at the SIAC, not named Kelvin Durham. And that is uh, David Wright, who is the current SIAC player of the week. So go figure. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. Their first uh, uh, SIC division matchup this uh, this week. All right, Virginia State. Who's Virginia State got this week? They got a victory this week. By week they got so. no Saint Augustine. Ah oh, man, Jesus Saint all. Yeah, sorry about that, Saint Aug. Uh Virginia Union. Another dub. <laughs> Livingstone. Oh, there oh, this is this is the this is the crossover week, is it not? This is this is North versus South in the CIAA week, if I'm not mistaken. So that means Yes, it's crossover for the first three weeks. Yikes. These are gonna be these are gonna be some tough weeks for the South. That's all I'm gonna say. The question is, will someone other than Johnson C. Smith win a game? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm putting that out there. And they've got Bluefield this week, so they don't have an easy one. No, they don't. No, they don't. And then, uh, so we started, We already said Virginia State. We already said Virginia Union. How about North Carolina Central? I think I know this one. Oh, they got UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
that that would be the only one that we may lose off the list. Yeah. Although Joshua Sims has a lot of confidence that they can go out to Los Angeles and do a little something. So. Look, I had a lot of confidence watching my team. You should have you should have heard the number of rattlers that had confidence <laughs> before that game. And then you and then fam, you scored early on the opening drive, 7-0, and and confidence was through the roof. And then the, then the floor caved in. And then the and then the floor caved in with one fumble. One fumble and the floor caved in. That's all it took. That's all it all takes right. these days, folks. That's let's, all let's it takes. It. Let's flip it and go through the OAN teams and see who they got. Who can get that? Who can get that dub? Oh, there's a dog. Oh, no, there's you know, I mean, there's too many uh, of them. There's, there's too, too many. many of them. Okay, way too many. Way too many. My goodness. I mean, we're talking. How many teams are we talking here? Oh um, yeah, I forgot. We got the whole West. Yeah, we got the whole South too. And the, the whole, whole South. Team. Yeah, we got five teams from the from the CIAA South. Five teams from the SWAC. That's ten. You know, plus at least five SIAC teams. That's 15. Man, come on, man. That's 18 teams. All, all I'm going to say is let you not beat Florida Memorial this week. Hey, look. And, and Florida you know Memorial, one thing, Florida Memorial could put some points up. I, I'm glad you said that because that's the game you talk about as, okay, It, it put it like this. S is going to be hot in Louisiana this weekend because Southern and Grambling's fan base got a lot to complain about, a lot to talk about. And I think it's it's a very real question that has to be asked. Who's most likely not to get a win this weekend in Louisiana? Who is most likely not to get a win? Now, I might be gassing up Florida Memorial. But again, this is a team <laughs> that put up 700 yards of offense. Uh, uh, and then 500 the next week. Or four 500 the next week. week. So I'm just saying, you know, Grambling's defense maybe was supposed to be better, but they haven't shown me in two games. Yes, I know they were playing LSU, yada, yada, yada. But you haven't shown me even the week before, that they can stop an offense that can move. So, again, you, you know, I might be, I'm, not, I'm not calling for a win. Over, I'm not predicting it. I'm not going to – on the picks contest, I'm not going anywhere near that game. That's, that's my level of trepidation that I have is I'm not going anywhere near that game because if an upset were to happen, guess who won't be surprised? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm not calling for it. I won't be surprised, though. Is that is that a fair way of assessing that game? That is more than that is more than fair. I, I agree. I agree. I agree with that sentiment right there. If Graham doesn't win this week, all hell will break loose. And I will. Will people? Will people in Baton Rouge say the same thing? All right. Let's recap. Our picks from last week, we both went three and two last week. Uh, we we were both correct on our Jackson State and North Carolina Central picks. We were wrong, both picking Hampton. Uh, and then the third game, I picked Bethune-Cookman. Congrats to uh, Coach Raymond Woody getting his first win for Bethune-Cookman. 
Uh, you were correct on picking Tennessee State. Congratulations to Coach Eddie George in getting his first win of the season. So we both moved to three and two. Uh, I obviously gained no ground. Uh, you are now seven and three overall at 70%. And I am sitting at a comfortable 50% five and five overall. Alicia, but Alicia at the Mendoza line. I'm at the Mendoza line. Uh, in our, in our, in our picks contest, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, some of the media folks and the other folks, uh, our HBCU friends that jumped in into this contest. I'm going to go and look at their, I'm going to pull up the standings right now um, from, from the past week. Uh, we had one person go five and zero oh last week. Uh, uh, the, the name they put up is Radomir. Uh, and I, I don't know, you know, unfortunately, I don't know. Obviously, I don't recognize where they are from. Uh, but they went 5-0 and in their picks. And then I had a few other people that uh, went 4-1. Uh, and one. Uh, Keith from the Fangs Up podcast went 4-1. and one. Uh, GSPN went 4-1. and one. Your Dubness went 4-1. and one. And Flicks went four and one. That's Kelly Flicks, I believe, went four and one. Uh, everybody else went three and two uh, or two and three. Uh, uh, and we had one person go one and four. So uh, week three, the lead, the week three is already up on the board. So we'll see, you know, what our what our prognosticators and all of our folks. It's kind of fun. I love to see. I'm glad we got some participation. You can still join, you know, even if you want to get in for just this week. Obviously, you know, the the year-to-date thing is kind of skewed and messed up, but but that's all right. If you want to jump in on a week-to-week basis, uh, I'll make sure to retweet out. You can go to my handle. You can go to actually our Facebook page, uh, BCSN Sports Wrap, our Facebook page, and be a part of this picks contest. Uh, maybe I'll – it's always hard when I try to put it in the uh, description or links, but maybe I will here. I don't know. Let me see if I can do that real quickly during the show while I'm talking about it. Any uh, any comments regarding the picks, Drew? Any any regrets or anything like that? No. Uh, I was stretching when I was picking Savannah State over Bethune. Yes, you were. I really, I really was. So, <laughs> yes, you were. I, I own that one, but I had to, I, I had to take a gamble on something because you can't get ahead if you're not willing to put some money. You know, you got to put some money when you double down, Brian. Yeah. Yes, definitely, indeed. Um, all right, here's the link. I'm, I'm going to post it. Uh, crap. Let's see. I'm going to post it here in the in the chats uh so hopefully it'll show up and it did uh, yep it did okay so if you want to join our week three picks contest you can join it as well all right here's the here's the slate of games that i came up with drew and i i think i think i got some interesting matchups okay uh we've got and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read from the – well, I'm just going to read them in order here. I, I don't know what's the more interesting or least interesting game. So I'll just, you know, maybe if you want to rank them one to five after I give them, you can do that. Okay, we've got Howard versus Hampton. 
the the battle for the real HU. Um, again, Hampton has dominated this series lately. They owned H. Uh, this game will be played in D.C. at Audi Field. Uh, how about Albany State versus Morehouse? Morehouse suffered a beating at the hands uh, of Howard over the weekend. Albany State lost a close game to Valdosta State. This is the HBCU NYC football classic played in East Rutherford, New Jersey. This is going. This game is actually going to be played in the same building that uh, Monday night's Bills-Jets contest will be played in. Uh, so um, it's a great opportunity for Albany State and Morehouse. McNeese State is traveling to Alcorn. Of course, don't forget, Alcorn defeated McNeese State last year, ending that, that long streak of losses by SWAC opponents to McNeese State. And Alcorn is looking for their first win of the season. Miles at UAPB, I just couldn't resist, Drew. I mean, the everyone's everyone's favorite 0 and 2 versus the 2 and 0 Miles Golden Bears, and then Alabama A&M at Southern. I, I think this is just a juicy matchup for for Southern and Alabama A&M. This game counts on the standings for both schools. So uh, those are our five, um, which uh, in in order of most interesting to least, how would you rank these, Drew? Most to least? Yeah. I should have been marking why you were going through those. Uh... Or maybe just how about most? I, I won't ask you to give me rank them. Just okay. What's the most interesting one of the five? I don't know about most. Let me just go through them quickly. Uh, Albany State Morehouse, once again, someone has to win this game by default. By rule, someone has to win this game. Right. Wow. I think patience is about in the Atlanta region if Morehouse should lose this game. Patience will run real thin down here in South Georgia should Albany State lose this game in uh, in NYC. And the reason I know that, I live in the Albany DMA. That's the – I get TV coverage from Albany where I live at. So, yeah, it's not – it would not be a pretty sight. <laughs> uh Let's go. Let's let's go. Howard Hampton. You know where I'm going with this one, Brian. They're in DC. Howard is looking putting some respect on their name. <laughs> they want they want some respect. They want their H back. So Howard, the the title losing to Hampton. Hampton. The gloss is gone as the HBCU killed us, hopefully, after that loss to Norfolk at the Battle of the Bay. Let's see if it continue, if the trend continues at Audi Field. The only thing I hate about that is that game is not at Green Stadium because I think that's just a game that needs to be at your know, home-and-home series. I really do. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that's three of them. I'm missing the other. Oh, Alabama A&M. And, and Southern. 
Let, let's be real, Brian. The Southern fan base is already up in arms right now at Dooley. Let Dooley lose this game. <laughs> I would not want to be. Actually, I am looking forward to next Saturday's Carlos Brown show. That's oh, all I'm yeah. going to say. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to hear what Carlos has to say on this one. And it's going to be really interesting when you think about it because we've got Carlos going to be breaking down Southern and Charles Edmond, who hopefully will have time before he does the McNeese game to break that game down. Now, y'all think think McNeese don't remember that Alcorn won this game the last time they played? (laughs) Y'all really think that? Yeah, given all the wins oh. they've gotten over slack schools yeah. over the last decade. Yeah, you yeah. really think that? Although my heart is with Alcoin in this game, realistically, I mean, you have you have to think McNeese is going to be going to pull this game out. Sorry, Kelvin, just had, I had to say it. Uh, Kelvin Carter, friend of the program, had had to say it. Are you are, so you're hold is, on? You're, so is is that all fine? Did I catch all fire? I don't. I think you did. Uh, you did. Okay. You left off Miles UAPB. I oh, think. Miles UAPB. I've already said where I'm going with that one, Brian. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so I'm definitely me, going with Miles. In, in, all right. In, so let in, me in let me game. write down. Let me let me record your picks for. for uh, so these are these are our picks. Uh, yeah. The, well, unless these, there's another game that you would like to be on the board for consideration, is there another game that you would like to put up instead of these five? I, the only other game I want you that I think should be considered is that Allen Kentucky State game. I really think that one needs to be. Mm. Kentucky State's zero and two, right? I think Kentucky State is zero and two. I'm no, not one and one. They are one and one. Yeah, they uh, they beat Clark. They lost to Tuskegee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't put it like this. On the level of Division Two versus Div, Division Two opponent, do you think it's better than Albany State or Morehouse? That that would be the switch. I would say if we're going to Albany take State, out, Albany State Morehouse is a sexier game. Allen Kentucky the, State the is a more functional game. As Karen Griffin calls, and it's the other bougie classic. Yeah, I think Albany State. I mean, uh, Allen and Kentucky State is a more functional game, whereas Albany State Bullhouse is the sexy game. I'll let you make the call. You you are the two game leader right now. So if you want to switch out uh, Albany State and Morehouse and and put in Allen, where's that game at? Is it at Allen? It's at Allen. Yes, it's at is is at Allen. All right. So you make the call. Are we switching it or not? Let's say let, let's let's come to that one last. Let's do the rest of the game. Oh, Jesus. I got to think right. about it. I got to. I, I, I really have to think about. It. What right, the right. hell? What the hell? I'm going right. out on a limb since I got the lead. I, I, I'm going with that game, and I'm picking Allen in that game. All right. So Kentucky State at Allen. I got to give my boy Josh Cox, athletic director at Allen. Got to give him some love. Make right. make him one of the uh, spotlight games of the week. How about that? All right, um, you're picking Allen. I, I would, I mean, not just because, but I would probably pick Allen too. They're going to be at home. Uh, I don't have any reason to pick Kentucky State. Uh, not traveling on the road. Yeah, I, I would stick to Allen. And and again, not just because you picked it, but 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go to the other four games then. Uh, Howard Hampton. Who are you going with? And I, well, the let, team let that starts with H. Ah, well, that's only that's only <laughs> Hampton. That's only Hampton oh. because that's only Hampton because uh, Howard doesn't own that H anymore when they play these two teams. Uh, no, I'm actually going with the Bison in this one. Hmm. You know, I think my mind would have been different last week. It would have. Well, it had 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 Hampton won against Norfolk State. I might be thinking different, but I'm going to stick to Hampton because I looking at the numbers again, Drew, they still outrushed, outgained, outperformed Norfolk State. They should have won that game. Obviously, turnovers matter. That'll prevent you from winning a ball game. So I'm and and so with that said, I'm not going to be all enamored by Howard beating up on Morehouse 65 to whatever they beat up on him. What was the final score of that game, by the way? I'm looking for it. Uh, a million a million to a Yeah, it, it was a lot to just a little. Put it like that. It yeah. was a lot to a little. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with um, – oh, hold on. I got it pulled up right here. Uh, final score, scrolling down, scrolling down, finding Howard 65 to 19. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, you know, they took it out. They took it out on on Morehouse. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm going Hampton. I'm going Hampton. So, okay. Miles versus UAPB. Miles at UAPB. Who do we like? Who do you got? Miles, UAPB. Uh, Brian, how many times are you going to ask me the same question? Okay, you're going Miles. I'm still staying with Miles. All right, I am too. I'm going with Miles in that one. <laughs> um, Alcorn at McNeese State. Alcorn at – no, excuse me. McNeese State at Alcorn. My heart says Alcorn. My mind says McNeese. Mind over matter. I'm going McNeese. Uh, this is one of those, I, I won some games last week because I'd listened to reason and didn't rule with my heart, but I'm going with Alcorn. I'm going with Alcorn this week. You're going with heart. I'm, I, I'm going with heart. I, they haven't won a game yet. It's, there's too much, too much belief that I have in Alcorn this season. So I'm going, I'm going, uh, yeah, I'm going Alcorn. All right, that leaves us with Alabama A&M traveling to Southern. I, oh, this this is this is hard. This is because I, I really feel like I I want to find some redeeming qualities in Southern. I really want to find something redeeming, but if I just go off what I've seen for two weeks, and yes, I know you know. Uh, Alabama AM played a played what an FBS one week, Division two the next week. Now they're ready for their first for their first conference game. I'm going to Alabama AM. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna go with Alabama AM. I think damn tough spot for Southern to be in, but I hate to do it to you. Who do you like? Uh, I like Alabama AM. You know Alabama AM. 
is a team that looks like they're committed to the run this year. Got 20 rushing first downs versus 13 passing first downs on the season. They've averaged over 200 yards on the ground this particular season while averaging only a about a buck 40 in the air. That run game, I think, is going to be Southern's Achilles heel. So I got to go with Alabama A&M in this game, Brian. All right. Uh, just to recap, we are, we are simpatico in our love of Miles getting another big win, D2 over Division One at UAPB. We are simpatico in taking Allen at home against Kentucky State. We are simpatico in that Alabama A&M travels to Southern and Southern loses their second consecutive home game. Ooh, that just sounds odd to think and say that. Especially then, when they have six of them. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. You think it'll sell just as many tickets as it did against Jackson State? They had 22. They had a sellout. Just under right. 23. Are you serious? Are you saying no? No, of course not. No no offense. A, Jackson State bought, bought a majority of those people down there. You know, Alabama a doesn't travel like that. They travel, but they don't travel like that. They don't travel like that. Okay. Yes. And then to Baton Rouge. All right. So then the two games that we are opposite on – and of course, I have a. I'm down two games, so this is an opportunity here for me to to either get tied up or even fall further behind, depending upon what happens. It's the Hampton Howard game, uh, the battle for the real HU. Uh, Drew thinks uh, Howard can regain and get their H back, and I continue to to say that the Pirates will continue to to loot uh, the the city of DC. And everything that is good about uh, Howard University, they will they will take it all. And then the other game that we're opposite against is Alcorn and McNeese State. That game being played at Alcorn, I'm going with the home Braves. Drew is going with McNeese State. Boo! The uh, the non HBCU uh, conference team, as we as we will now affectionately refer to them as. All right. Uh, anything that you want to add, Drew? Anything that we left off uh, didn't make mention here in tonight's show? No, I think we I think we about covered it all there, Brian. You know, I was uh, I had to go back and look at my chat and see if there was anything that was in the in the news this week that we that we kind of forgot about. Uh, oh. Well, Yes, that was one thing that that I uh, wanted to bring up. Well, hold on before you uh, this... mention it. Before you mention it, uh, give you a chance to mention that. Want to remind people about joining the JBN membership on YouTube. That's YouTube.com/slash/myjbnonline/slash/join. Um, you know, continue, you can help support uh, the Black College Sports Network, and uh, you know, we really look forward to to building on this um you know the membership and the support is great um so we have three different levels that you can join and be a part 
of the JBN experience, and we continue to try to add more shows, more content, more features, and things like that. So uh, take some time and consider joining myjbn online slash join youtube.com. All right, Drew, what did you uh, what did you want to add? Just uh, uh, we we had this in our tweet in our group chat, the Florida Beach Bowl. Mm, okay, yep, I knew that. I knew you'd talk about that. Yes, it is uh, supposed to pit the SIAC against the CIAA. There is supposed to be a press conference for that this week, and I'm trying to recall the date. Uh, it's Monday, uh, actually. That, is it tomorrow? I believe so. It is Monday. Okay. Uh, you you keep talking. I'll I'll go ahead and I'm looking it up now. All right, but yeah, it's supposed to pit the CIAA versus the SIAC, and I do have. I, I'm going to try to tune into that press conference because I've got some interesting. I've got some questions that I hope that they answer in the press conference, but if they're unable to answer it in the press conference, I am hoping that we can get someone on one of our shows here on the black college sports network so that we can get some answers to those particular questions. Um, So the press conference is set for not tomorrow. But uh, Thursday, September 14th, 11 a.m. Uh, now, this this game, Florida Beach Bowl, will be held December 13th, 2023. Which is a Wednesday, y'all, if y'all. Is it a Wednesday? It is a Wednesday. Mm, interesting. It's a Wednesday before the Celebration Bowl. That's interesting. That, uh, that was one of those questions. It'll be played in the DRPV PNK Stadium, which is actually the soccer stadium that the uh, FC Miami, the one where Messi is now part of that game. That's uh, that's where it'll be played in that stadium. So, and again, the press conference is set for. 11 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah. So we'll wait. We'll wait until next week and see what is the answer before I start. Uh, well, what know, are your what are your initial late. questions? I mean, obviously, you have a question regarding the Wednesday date, but just just I mean, while we're here, what other what other questions? Do you let got? Me go back. Let me go back to my list because I listed about. Oh, my God. You got a list, huh? No, um, oh, you you didn't see him in the chat. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, you had some interesting ones. I'll say this: my my first question will be surrounded. Uh, does this game? And I think this is the first question. I, a lot of you got. I saw a lot of your questions. I think the first question should be: Will this game feature the champions of Can't, you know the SWAC and the Seattle unless, play? Unless they don't go to the D two playoffs, it can't. Cannot. Yes. Even so not even looking, exemption. You, you, you're looking at runner-ups to start with. Okay. All right. So see now you start. Now we start down that down that road. Okay. What is the payout? 
Okay. We're always concerned about the payout. It's always interesting. Well, you know, that that's that's the thing. Uh Division Two bowl game. Just let's just remind let's remember. I mean, that. yeah, the Division Two bowl game. That's just you know the what, are payouts, what are payouts? Let, let me ask this. What are payouts when you know what did, what did Miles make coming to Alabama State? I mean, I'm not privy to those type of numbers, but you know, that would that would be interesting. Would the payout be like a classic type payout? Is well let me rephrase that, Brian. Is there a payout or is it just expenses covered? Okay. Will and here's the thing. December thirteenth post finals at most institutions or during finals at some institutions will the bands be traveling yeah that's a good question who wants to travel or well now who wants to travel you're talking the SIAC who only has one team based in Florida Everybody else, you got Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, and and further north for their for their fan base. Then you got the SIAC, who we know is in Carolina, Virginia, into Pennsylvania, Carolina, Virginia, into Pennsylvania. There's no natural fan base. In, in these areas, I don't know what, whose alumni associations is in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area that they could possibly tap into to try to get some attendance at these games because you're going to have to tap into somebody's HBCU alumni association in order to fill up the stands. Or is this going to be one? Is this going to be like a typical Wednesday bowl that we see during bowl season where you've got? 2,000 fans and 1,500 of those fans had free tickets. Well, and, and if I'm not mistaken, this has happened. The date of it is before the ESPN event schedule. The bowl season starts with the Celebration Bowl that Saturday. Yeah. According cool. to what I know. Yeah. So this is starting before that. Yeah. You know, is this an NCAA sanctioned? I guess it would have to be, wouldn't it, in order for them to actually play it? I mean, that's a that's a question for somebody else to answer. And uh, where would I be able to watch this at? I, I think I think where you'd be able to watch it is the is the. I hate to say that's the least important question. I I think there's so many others that take precedent over it, but you know. Um, yeah, but Brian, where I'm able to watch it at may be answer part of that one question with the payouts. Yeah. Because depending on which platform it is, may determine if there's a payout, you know, is this game gonna be buried on ESPN three? Is it gonna be on HBCU Go? Is it going to be on 
somebody else's network? Is it Lord forbid? Is it going to be on Flow Sports? You know what? And and as as uh, Mr. Campbell, I, that's a great point you bring up. I I am conditioned through watching ESPN Bowls to believe that that is the start of bowl season. But you're right. That is something that ESPN came up with. So, yeah, it could, you know, if, if this event is whenever it's going to be, if they've got all these other – it may be flow, uh, flow sports, as you mentioned. Um, or it could be HBCU Go. It could be who, – who you know, right now it doesn't appear to be Black College Sports Network because I don't think we've been – no one's talked with us about it, but yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I, I, so yeah, I gotta. Yeah. I, I have to re- rethink the narrative. My, my final question: What are the two conferences' involvement in this? And I got the conference think, office. Let me let me let me let me go back for a second. You talked about school being a. If I recall, usually most schools are out by the first week of December. So I don't think that date falls within the "Hey, we're still in school" calendar. But you know who is still in school during that time, Ryan? Student athletes. What do you do nine to five? And when do you start your Christmas break? Christmas week. So. If I want, if my child is playing in this bowl, or I just want to tra- go to this bowl, I'm not traveling on December 13th to a bowl game where my child, where my children have school, especially during that time, because depending on your school's calendar, you may be entering some type of final or mid midterm or type exam time that you get right before Christmas holidays. Also, plus the little Christmas parties that you have at school. And I'm talking about on the elementary and secondary level. So, you know, it's it's not a family-friendly date. That's what I'm getting at with that. I got you. I got you. I don't disagree with you. Good point. All right. Well, again, that press conference will be on Thursday. So I'm sure pay attention. Uh, they've, they've done a good job of sort of putting it out there. And, and I think a lot of HBCU media sports media folks will be interested in hearing <laughs> and they will have all the questions that drew has plus others will be asked and hopefully answered. And so uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Any other, any other points of emphasis that you want to bring out? That was the that was my one thing that was not brought out. All right. All right. So uh week number three is upcoming. Uh we've tried to set the table, what's in front of us. Uh where will you be this weekend? Uh I will be in Tallahassee, Florida. Um Drew, do you know where you'll be? Where where will you be? You got a game this weekend? Actually, I have some games, but uh, you know, I had I had a death in the family, so I don't know if I'm going to be traveling back to St. Louis for a memorial service, which is scheduled for Friday, uh, Friday eleven o'clock. My my aunt Darlene passed away the last oh. week, so you know, I I haven't. I have figured out the logistics on if I'm going to 
make that trip and yada 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 and, and, and i'll be honest with you you know i found out about the arrangements less just like this weekend so if i was flying up i would i would i need to fly up on thursday considering i find out this weekend you know how much a flight costs when you get it under a week everybody everybody on this podcast knows about yeah. <laughs> when it comes to flight and the tw- the 12-hour drive from where i live at back to my hometown you know brian these not are the fan view days yeah not a not a fun road <laughs> trip not a not a not it's a good not, it's not a fun road trip especially if you wind up doing it by by yourself so right. uh you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. You know, do I pay this expense of trying to get a last minute flight or hope that the prices drop between here and about Tuesday? Do I gas the car to gas car? Up? Oh, before I gas the car, up, let's be real. Do I serve? I got to service the car first to make sure that I got new shoes and oil change and yada, 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 yada. You know, all, all that stuff or rent do i rent a car you know all that stuff i i gotta figure out over the next 24 hours or so before i make that decision on whether i'm going to go up or just attend via zoom mm-hmm. well my condolences to uh to you and and your family um on 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 your loss uh so all right well we will we'll we'll sort through the week i uh, want to encourage everybody to uh, thanks to everybody for the for the condolences and encourage it we want to encourage everybody to come on to the black college sports network through the course of the week check out our shows tuesday uh it'll be dr Cavill's inside the hbcu sports lab on wednesday it'll be the ong strike zone dr Cavill will be back on thursday um and uh, uh you know make sure you're subscribed at my bcsn1 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, if you would, check out the BCSN Pod Zone as well on uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Everywhere that you listen and download podcasts, you can check out the BCSN Pod Zone, all of our shows in podcast format. So uh, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you to everybody. If you haven't hit the thumbs up button yet, please do so on your way, on your way out. You guys have a great start to your week. Um, hopefully your team won. Hopefully your team is at least one and one. And if they're 0 and 2, uh, keep hope alive. Season's not over yet. Season's not over yet. It might be close, but it's not over yet. Fight the power. Fight the power. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for the show. Uh, thank you to everybody for, uh, for being a part of it. Uh, for Drew, I'm well, Brian. Hi, everybody. Peace out. You guys be safe. God bless. Travel light. Peace. But you must stay your heart.